Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. I'm solo today. Well, not technically solo. Shout out to my guy, Jeremy, who's uh, getting us on and off the air today. No Remo for a few days, but congratulations are in order for uh, Michael and Leah. Great news, as uh, was planned. The Remus family's growing, so we'll uh, let him tell you all about that. But I'm just glad to hear good news and wishing him well from, obviously, myself and everybody in the chat. I'm sure Michael will uh, pop on a little later on this week, maybe for a bit. Um, But I think for the next couple weeks, I'll be leaning on a few of our regulars a little bit more than normal with uh, him taking some very important family time to... uh, Welcome in the newest member of the family. Uh, we've got a great show today, though. Uh, Jamie Thomas from uh, Jets TV and CGOB will be joining us. Jamie, of course, on the road with the Winnipeg Jets down at practice today. We'll get the latest on the squad who had yesterday off and returned to the ice today with head coach Rick Bonus. Great news as well on Bones. Um, but I will say this, um, people close to me, and I think many close to you dealing with, um, you know, more issues with COVID right now. So, um, everyone that's dealing with it right now, especially those close to me thinking about you all. And I hope you are feeling, uh, feeling much better. Um, and as we saw with the coach, I mean, uh, it's no joke with some people. I mean, you really can't take you out for, you know, more than a couple days. I mean, if you've been lucky enough, like myself to have it and didn't hit you too hard for a couple days, I mean, consider yourself lucky. Um, certainly with this strain with some people, it has been, um, you know, really, really tough to get over. That was the case with the head coach, but he was back today and we'll hopefully have some audio from bones later on towards the end of the program. Um, did see Kyle Connor spoke as well today and Mike McIntyre from the Winnipeg free press is going to join us. Um, some pretty frank comments about the way that the jets played, um, and some real acknowledgement. I believe the quote from Kyle Connor was the way they're playing is unsustainable, Sure, lots of props for Connor Hellebuck, who has been, I, I don't even know if there's words to describe how good he's been so far this year overall, and in particular in his last two starts on the road, and essentially stealing three or four points against the LA Kings and the Vegas Golden Knights. But we will have quite a bit of a Jets talk today. As I mentioned, Jamie's coming in. Jamie, also a huge NFL guy, the commissioner of our fantasy league, and it's the NFL trade deadline. We've already got a couple deals to tell you about. So we will get to that uh, in in a minute and we'll maybe chop it up with Jamie a little bit. Uh, But then Mike McIntyre, as I said, will join us. Give us a little bit more of a report from practice. What are we hearing about Nikolai Ehlers, Logan Stanley, who are both not on the ice today? And where was Connor Hellebuck, who I think was probably given a very much-deserved extra day off. All the rest of the team works on a few things that uh, they need to in advance of the trip, uh, the visit of the Montreal Canadiens to begin this three-game homestand a little bit later on. Uh, First things first, a big shout-out to everyone in chat. Thank you so much for joining us. Great to see everybody here. And a big welcome to the sponsors that make Winnipeg Sports Talk happen each and every day, including Cool Bet Canada, Princess Auto, Not Auto Corp, Wallace & Wallace, Vita Health Fresh Market, Consolidated Supply, Culligan Water, Little Brown Jug, F Apparel, the Nick & Nicky DQ Group, Royal Sports, and our friends at Boston Pizza. Popped by BP last night for a few wings in that Halloween Monday nighter between the Browns and Bengals. Did not see that one coming. Maybe the Browns just own Joe Burrow. 
0-4 now for Burrow against the Cleveland Browns. Uh, but we'll touch on that a little bit with Jamie a little later on after we get the latest on the Winnipeg Jets from practice. And, hey, the ice are back at home tonight as well. Uh, what a start to the season for the Winnipeg Ice. 13-1 and on the year. And we'll talk about this with Brian Munns a little bit later on. But some great, uh, some great deals for uh for hockey fans if you're thinking about heading down to the ice cave today the uh, team just announced a new two for tuesdays promo which begin tonight with the game against the everett uh, silver tips you can check the ice website um, for all the information details and to order uh but two tickets for 24 bucks two hot dogs for eight beers two for ten um so some real great deals and we'll talk about the start the win in the home opener and a look ahead to uh, a quieter week for the ice with games on Tuesday and on Saturday. And then big games next week, Tuesday and Wednesday against the Red Deal Rebels, who are the only team ahead of the ice in the standings. Ice 13-1, and Red Deal Rebels 13-0. and So those will be games to circle on your calendar. But we'll get to that with Munzee a little bit later on. And as I said, we'll hope to hear from Rick Bonus and Kyle Connor a little bit later on. Um, before JT joins us, a uh, couple of things to get to from last night. Tage Thompson is an absolute beast. The Buffalo Sabres, who've had a really fun start to the season. Um, and Thompson was a breakout player last year, if you recall. He went from eight goals to 38 goals last year. And a lot of that was sort of lost because it was another rebuilding season for the Buffalo Sabres. They're putting pucks in the net, though, right now, folks. And uh, he's got five goals and four assists in his last two games and had... Three goals, three assists last night as the Buffalo Sabres routed the Detroit Red Wings. It was a relatively quiet night in the National Hockey League last night. There was two other games. The Hurricanes outlasted the Capitals in a shootout at home. And don't look now, but the Winnipeg Jets may have put the St. Louis Blues into free fall. Because when the Blues got here to the peg last week on Monday, they were 3-0 and on the season. They are now three and five. They have lost five straight games in regulation, and they got pumped last night by the LA Kings. 5-1 at home. So um, not a great night for the Blues, but everyone else in the Central Division will be more than happy to take it. And despite maybe some angst about the way the Jets played on the road, there they are tied for first right now in the Central Division with the Dallas Stars, who, of course, are without Jake Ottinger. Scott Wedgwood gets a big opportunity to play tonight coming up when uh, the Dallas Stars take on those LA Kings who are playing on the second end of back-to-back. -back. So we'll get to all that. Other thing we have to mention right off the bat, the Western Division finalists for the Player Awards and the Coach of the Year have been named, and no surprise, the majority of the finalists from the West are members of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. First off, congratulations to Coach O'Shea. No doubt about this is the nominee from the West for the coach of the year. He'll be going up against former Blue Bomber quarterback Ryan Dinwiddie, head coach of the Toronto Argonauts. Zach Kolaris is the Western nominee for the most outstanding player. He'll be going up against Eugene Lewis, wide receiver from Montreal, who did have a phenomenal season. Uh, no surprise that big Stanley Bryant is once again the nominee in the West for the most outstanding offensive lineman of the year. He'll look to make it four in his Hall of Fame career going up against Brandon Revenberg of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And we can give Dalton Schoen the award already. No one's beaten Dalton Schoen for this one. Rookie of the Year award. It's Dalton Schoen 
from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He'll be going up against Tyson Philpot of the Montreal Alouettes. No Nick Dembski for the most outstanding Canadian. Nathan O'Rourke, despite his injury, got that nod. Um, and maybe surprisingly, no Willie Jefferson in the uh, defensive player. I guess they just didn't want to give the Bombers the uh, the, <laughs> the nod for every single spot. Uh, but for the defensive player, it's Sean Lemon representing the West. He did have a great season for the Calgary Stampeders and Lorenzo Modin, the fourth from the Ottawa Red Blacks. So congratulations to Osh, Zach Calero, Stanley Bryant, and Dalton Schoen. And expect we'll be hearing those names uh, on Grey Cup week and hopefully be seeing them playing in the game in Regina. But that all depends on uh, you know, the 13th of November. Uh, listen, we're going to get to Jamie Thomas right away. Uh, but before we do that, got to give a big thanks to our friends over at Consolidated Supply, our newest uh, newest sponsor. Check out their website. Completely revamped the website. And it's really key because there's so many things that Consolidated Supply does that a lot of people, frankly, don't know. They've been the leaders in the golf game for decades. Um, Top-notch irrigation systems from lawn and garden to golf. They've really, they have the highest quality products, exceptional customer service. Uh, but they're not just working on golf courses. They're working on landscaping projects and for properties like you may have. They also are the leaders in artificial turf. So if you're sick of the grass, you want to put something artificial in that, uh, you know, won't grow or in a spot that normally you have difficult growing. They've got that for you and maybe that dream putting gar uh, putting green in the backyard. Uh, but they also obviously golf carts are the club car dealer for Manitoba. If you have any sort of golf car cart need, they're the place to go landscape but also small engine parts if there's something you need you're figuring out where to go consolidated supply can help you about that and amazing options for your backyard including hot tubs outdoor kitchens barbecues and more pop down and see joe spicy and the rest of the gang great sponsors and supporters of ours listeners as well 1395 niagara road east or check them out online at cte.ca um Vita Health, it, it, listen, 12 months of the year, Vita Health is the spot for great prices on natural organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries. And also have Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products, too. But with it now being November, it's Men's Health Month. Choosing the right natural health products are key. And Vita Health carries everything you need to help relieve prostate issues, reduce stress, and support mental focus from Canadian brands like Prairie Naturals who donate a portion of the sales to the Canadian Men's Health Foundation. Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge, and online at their fully shoppable website. Check them out there at myvita.ca. Uh, and hey, our friends at Wallace & Wallace are ready for the winter as well. Are you? Uh, the gang at Wallace & Wallace has a great winterization program that you can do yourself or you can get the Wall Wallace & Wallace experts to come in and take advantage of their winter maintenance program for your garage door. Listen, you're going to watch it and you're going to want to make sure it's lubricated uh, with a high-quality lithium or silicone-based grease, but they can also do a medical checkup for your door. Their technicians will poke and prod their way through a 21-point checklist, making sure your door is ready for the winter ahead. To book your service call, go to wallacedoors.com or call them at 452-2700. All right, we do have a couple deals in the NFL to get to, and uh, we'll probably hit on that with Jamie Thomas as well, who I know is keenly aware of all the happenings in the NFL. 
But first things first, we'll get to the main gig, and that, of course, is the Winnipeg Jets back at home and back on the practice rink with their head coach, JT. What's up? How are you? What's going on, brother? So, well, you know what, Huss? it was a lovely weekend. It was a lovely weekend. Um, saw some sun, saw a lot of things, um, saw a lot of shots coming towards a guy named Connor Hellebuck, who looks like he's prepared for the start of the 22-23 season. Um, but uh, other than that, I'm pretty good, buddy. He was, I mean, I don't even, we can't start anywhere else other than just, I mean, just sit back. You were in the booth. I mean, you were calling the games. I mean, at one point, you, you, uh, listen, there's no position maybe in sports that one guy can have an otherworldly performance and put a team on his back. Like, you know, maybe yeah. a top pitcher in baseball where the other team simply cannot get any offense. Um, this was essentially the version of a couple no-hitters for Connor Hellebuck. I mean, you know, the L.A. game yeah. was interesting because, you know, there was a few that got got past him. Um, but, you know, the Jets were able to make the most of, you know, their opportunities against Jonathan Quick, who wasn't that good. But, man, the game in Vegas, Jamie, was, I mean, <laughs> we could spend a lot of time ranking the greatest performances in Connor Hellebuck's amazing career here in Winnipeg. Yeah, that game yeah. is certainly in the mix because, um, and to be honest, probably deserved a better fate with it ending the way that it did in the final seconds of OT. Uh, but what was it like afterwards around the club? I mean, around the players? I mean, I think, you know, sometimes you realize that maybe you stole one, but it, it must have just been awe about the guy wearing 37 in net. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think what we should take out of this is five out of six points on that road trip where you didn't necessarily play your best hockey is, and you're tied for first in the Central Division is, is something we shouldn't overlook. Um, he was, and I'm talking about Connor Hellebuck, just there's not many words. There's that one game in San Jose where he had 52 saves um, that I could probably put up there with the effort he put in against Los Angeles, in, in particular in the first period. Um, and then also the entire game against Vegas. Um, and it, I just, you, you can't even find words to describe how good he was. So the fact that they've survived this and you know that Connor Hellebuck is in a good place that, and at the, you know, at the end of November or sort of beginning part of November, that puts you in a good spot. Now the rest of the team has to catch up and I'm not saying everybody has to catch up, but there's a big portion of the team here that, that this has got to get going on the track here, especially after the way they played against St. Louis you're sitting there going, okay, this they've, they've kind of figured out what they want to do. But that first period against Los Angeles, I was talking to Dylan Sandberg today. I'm like, have you ever seen a team pressure the way that they that Los Angeles did in that first period? And I mean, through consistently throughout the game, I felt LA kind of got away from it in the third period. But I, I haven't seen Los Angeles play like that ever. And I remember Pierre-Luc Dubois leaving the zone on one of the goals that King scored, and he had two guys on him back, or coming on the back check pick his pocket and come back the other way. So LA has to be given some credit the way they're playing. They're going to be really good. Um, clearly the rebuilding projects is on, on pace there for the Kings. They're going to be a, a, a team to deal with all year. And Vegas is just, you know, clearly last year, all the injuries put them in a bad spot. And now that Jack Eichel is healthy and in the system, you're starting to see why he is, you know, the guy that was drafted clearly behind Connor McDavid. He's been, he was unreal. And I, I when, when, when Vegas came in the zone, before they won the game in overtime, Eichel was sitting on top of the bench waiting to come on. And the second I saw it, I knew the Jets were in trouble because Shifley, um, Connor, and Morrissey were were bagged. Like, they, they were done. 
And so when he came on as the only fresh player, you just knew it was just a matter of time. So you're right. Connor Hellbuck deserved a much better fate than that game and probably deserved the two points. But listening to Rick Bonus talk today, by the way, he's fine. He's feeling better. He doesn't want to talk about his health issues anymore. He made that clear right off the top of his media availability today. He's not happy with the way they're playing. And he, he, was, he mentioned he's, he's happy they're tied for first. They're over 500 when they had six games on the road in the opening month. But the team play, he's not not happy with. And I, I, I could understand where he's coming from at that point. Happy with the goaltending like we all are. But uh, yeah. he knows there's a lot of places to go. And the best part of it was, Huss, is like he asked the players what happened. Because he said, I, I wasn't there. And, I you know, there's no better pre- people to ask than the guys that were there. Like what happened, especially after that game against St. Louis. And, you know, he just got got the answers that you want to hear from your players. And But, you know, I am taking consistent theme here, buddy, is that we're always hearing it's a lesson learned. And I just think they're, they're taking – there's a lot of accountability going on right now with this team instead of going, oh, we, we played our bet, we played great. Or, no, they know they're not playing well enough to sustain what's going on here right now. And, you know, this, there's only – there's a lot of places to go in terms of improving the overall team play and the fact that you're tied for first in division is a pretty good place to be. Yeah. I mean, listen, it could be way, way worse. Um, and way and worse. we talked a lot about the first 10 games. I mean, this was, I mean, certainly I thought, Hey, let's survive the first 10 games, like come out at 500 exactly. and, and give yourself yep. the opportunity to start making some, Hey, Hey, when you're back at home, um, they're even in a better situation than that. I mean, with a win against the Montreal Canadiens, you could finish 6-3-1 and one in this first stretch. And obviously, yeah. Hellebuck's going to get a big, big part of the credit. But was in a couple games. The Jets have had some really nice performances. But you nailed it, man. I mean, that. and again, we'll see how the team plays. I kind of said on on um, for the Friday game, after the game in LA, I was hoping the Jets sort of had almost a guilty effort where they came out and realized yeah. they need to be much better. And uh, the first period wasn't great. It wasn't the second night of back-to-backs, but I really thought that they dominated the second and third period against the Arizona Coyotes. And then, listen, they got it handed to them for the most part of the uh, the game against the Vegas Golden Knights, but hung in there because of Connor Hellebuck. But we heard from yeah. Connor, uh, Kyle Connor today saying that he realizes that the way that they're playing, I believe the quote was unsustainable. And most people I'm sure would agree with that. And it sounds like Rick bonus would agree with that. And you know, the Frank honesty about the situation, I'll tell you what, I really appreciate it. And I don't want to continually compare it to prior regimes here, but I mean, it's, it's open. It's honest. And Rick bonus said like everyone else is watching these games. I mean, you can't BS Winnipeg fans and, you know, they haven't done that. And I guess the big key is to see what we get over the course of the next couple of days through practice and whether they can come and look more like the team that had such a great 60-minute complete effort against a good team in St. Louis when the Habs come mm-hmm. to town on Thursday night. Yeah, and here's the thing, too. The, the, it's clear. The NHL wanted parity. They've got parity. It's not easy to win night over night. And the fact is that you keep finding wins there. I just feel this team is better. How about that game against Arizona? That, that, that's, that's a trap game as it gets, right? You dodge a bullet in Los Angeles, you win. And there's almost that excuse. Oh, okay. If we lose Arizona, it's okay. It's back to back. And you're right. They got stronger as that game went along. Like you should like with what Arizona's throwing on the ice this year, Huss, you should dominate that team. Like they, they almost got Vamelka again. Um, which is a completely uncomfortable place to be whenever that guy starts between the pipes against the Jets. So, but they waited and they were patient. They're not looking for offense the way they were in, in years past. 
um, when it's not there. And Arizona is very patient. They just keep coming, you know, they're dumping chase all the time. They'll wait for you to make a mistake. The Jets were not making those mistakes. And then Vegas, they're a lot better than, you know, uh, clearly they're the best team in the Western Conference right now. But you walk out there with a point, I think it's okay. So, but the habits, the, the decision making, the puck management still needs a lot of work right now. There's, there's lots of times where they're throwing pucks up the middle. They're having a tough time getting out. They're not making sure they're getting out of their own end at points. And yes, LA and Vegas pressure you into mistakes, but you got to make smarter decisions with the puck. So those are things that all can be changed and can be rectified. That's where you have to feel okay about all this. So they're not happy with how they're playing. They're happy with where they sit. We should all be happy, you know, as guys that cover the team, fans should be happy where they're sitting right now because I believe walking out of the month of October over 500 is a win. It, it was not an easy schedule with the terms of the quality of the teams they were facing, and here they sit. I think we should be pretty pleased. But then also happy with the fact that they realize there's better, that this team is better than what they're showing right now. Well, for sure. And let's get back to Bones. And I know you said he didn't really want to talk about his uh, his uh, health. And bottom line, he's Cut us back. Off, Huss. He's been he's been given the he's been given the green light. But how did he yeah. seem? Uh, did he have a lot of the usual bonus energy that we remember from training yes. camp? And what did he have to say yeah. about just being back with the guys and being around them yeah. to talk to them about the way that they've been playing and put them through the paces today at the rink? Well, well, certainly the thing that stands out is him saying is, you know, his wife's had enough of him, right? So he's, he, he needs to get a... <laughs> I don't know what your dad was like, Huss, but when my dad watched the Calgary Flames growing up, like it was on... I couldn't sit in the room with him because it just... He was so negative. He was yelling at the TV all the time. In fact, I, we bought him a foam brick for Christmas one year or for Father's Day so he could throw it at the TV when he was mad at the Flames. So I can imagine it's around that same area with Rick bonus. He's happy to be back. It was, it was driving him crazy not to be with the team. He looks great. Um, quickly. Like I said, he didn't even allow the question to come out. How are you doing? It was the first thing he addressed when he walked up in front of the media today. So he says he's fine. He'll be behind the bench Thursday um, against the Montreal Canadiens. says he, he's learned a lot about brain fog more than he needs to know um, ever. So we, we will expect to see Rick Bonus behind the bench. And pressure is on, man, because he's 0-1 behind the bench uh, on home ice. So he's got a, a big, big, uh, the pressure is on him on Thursday when, with the Montreal Canadiens in town. It really is a wild dynamic. And I mean, you know, I, mean, I don't know how much yeah. we or people outside of the market have really talked about. But, I mean, you go in, you have this as described by Kevin Sheveldayoff, a seismic change of the coaching staff. And yeah. then the leader of the club's been on the bench for one of nine games so far this year. Yeah. The team find yeah. themselves tied for a uh, tied for first. And, you know, obviously Connor Hellebuck is a big part of that, but I'll say this, Jamie, um, the third line and the fourth line, you know, if we're looking yes. for some things that stood yes. out over the course of this road trip and really the first nine games, I'll yeah. say, especially that fourth line. I mean, not only have they been repressive when they've been out there, and I'm sure Scott and, and Rick are very in close um, you know, contact as far as how things are being deployed. That fourth line has been put out in some high leverage situations at important times that we would have never seen happen in the past. And from my perspective, they continue to reward the coaches with strong shifts, doing exactly what they're asked to be doing. And we're seeing more of them because of that. And that's a good thing for the hockey club overall, especially when the top couple lines were, you know, uh, having some issues over the course of a few games. 
Right. And I think a lot of that too, Huss, is like the top two lines are going up against some pretty good lines on the other side of things as well. And you, you don't ever have to worry with Adam Lowry out in the ice, right? And you, you just, you almost expect that line to be solid when it's on the ice. And I still love that Morgan Barron believes he doesn't have that spot locked down. He said, you know, even when the can- the spot was handed to him, even though he didn't start camp, he was, he was hurt automatically he was, he was slotted on that left side of the third line, even though he had missed the majority of camp. And I love that he believes in his mind, he still hasn't locked that spot down. That's great. He'll keep working hard to stay there. Sam Gagne has been, I don't want to say a pleasant surprise. It's just because you knew with a veteran guy like this, what you're going to get from him. But this is the most solid fourth line we've seen since Nate Thompson and Trevor Lewis. You know, we're here for their one and done season with the Jets where you just could rely on that fourth line to be out there against the other team's best. And, you know, they ran into that on the, on the road, which is what will tend to happen. You, the other team will get that, that matchup. But Sacramento line is as strong as it gets. He's great with puck possession. He makes smart decisions. Axel Janssen Fjallby, that speed that the Jets were talking about when they brought him off the waiver wire, you, you see it apparently he's just he's on guys quickly. And David Gustafson, his routes are perfect. Um, he's getting better in the face-off circle as time goes by. He just he's he's on the puck hard. He was he was the reason why the Jets got the game-winning goal in Los Angeles, just co- forcing a mistake in the offensive zone, um, which led to actually Janssen Fialbi's first goal as a Jet on the on the redirection from the Brennan Dillon shot. So they're they're in a good place, and um, you know the Jets since they drafted David Gustafson, he had, this was his spot. It was to kill penalties and be on the fourth line. And he's lived up to expectations too. So the the bottom six has been a great part of what the Jets have been doing here. And you don't have to worry when any of those six players are out in the ice. Now, whenever Nikolai Ehlers comes back and Mason Appleton rolls down, we'll see how this all shakes out. But it doesn't look like uh, it, we're any closer to Nikolai Ehlers um, being back because they Bones said today that that it's taken longer than they had hoped. And it w- it was originally thought when he came on the road that he was going to skate with the team and he didn't skate and he wasn't on the ice today. So a little bit, uh, that was the only, I don't don't want to say unsettling news, but the unfortunate news from the day outside of Rick bonus being back on the ice. Yeah. No Stanley or Ehlers at practices uh, at practice today um, due to injury. And um, I guess Hellebuck getting a very well-earned extra day off uh, out of practice uh, practice today. I want to go back to Gagne for a minute though, Jamie. I can't sure. remember w- when this was. It would have been a week ago or so. We're always doing our why not question of the day. And I said, is this the best, mm-hmm. you know, one-year low-cost signing that the Jets have ever made? Now, again, we were six or seven games into the regular season, so everything is couched by the fact that it's very early. But yeah, I-, I think even more so now we're seeing a guy that's the best money that the Jets have ever spent on a cheap one-year deal. We've seen what he's done on the ice. You're around the team every day. One of the other things that we knew Sam Gagne was coming up was bringing, you know, a veteran man of great character, a bit of beloved teammate. What's he been like off the ice? How is he getting along with the club? And what sort of effect do you think he's having on the group as as a whole when he's not playing a very important role out on the ice? I just think there's almost, I don't want to say a relief when a guy, when you have somebody like this on your roster, I I think there is. Uh, You look at, you can, Cole Perfetti plays in the second power play unit with him. With Sam Gagne, how can he not learn from Sam Gagne? Where are the places you have to be, what you have to do, how you can't let one bad shift ruin your night um, or, you know, settle, unsettle you for the next game, right? And then I just think 
Sam Gagne is a settling force on the bench, in the dressing room. You know what you're going to get from him every night. And it's, you know, I know Paul Stassi and Sam Gagne are different in terms of what they provide, but they're that, that, that veteran presence that you know you can go talk to and they love to talk hockey. You can't have enough of those guys in your dressing room. Um, good as you get a great guy off the ice. Can't have enough of those guys around. So it's it was a sneaky addition. Um, love the fact that you know he was killing penalties for Detroit last year. He's on the ice when they're up a goal. Um, he, you can re- rely on him there, and then you can shove him on your second power play unit in, in that aspect as well. And then of course plays with Lowry um, and Morgan Barron on their on the top checking line for the Jets. So there's that unbelievable amount of responsibility that you can just heap on his shoulders, and you know he can handle it. And he gets it. He gets how this works. And you don't have to worry about him not being happy about how much ice time he has. That's what you have in Sam Gagne. And again, as I said, you just can't have enough of those guys around, especially when you're bringing in Colbert Betty's role has, you know, his expectations are really high on him. That's fantastic when you have number 89 being able to go pat him on the shoulders. Okay, shake off, shake this off. It was a bad shift. So what? Move on from this. And then also constantly talking to him at practice as well. So it, it was it was a great addition. We it caught us all off guard, but man, what an addition Sam Gagne has been for the Winnipeg Jets. You know, uh, I can't we can't talk about the bottom six without talking about Adam Lowry for a minute. And I'm feeling pretty yeah. good. My preseason prediction was this would be the career year for Adam Lowry. We'd see him match or beat his 15 goals in 26-17. He's now got two and four for six points in nine games. So it has been a nice start. But one of the things that stood out from this road trip, Jamie, was how when maybe the big boys up front, the top six have been struggling, how Lowry in particular has raised his level of play. I mean, the shorty, which was a beautiful play, started off by David Gustafson in the game against Mm -hmm. L.A., I thought was the most important part of the game to get the team back in it after the Kings were, you know, they'd score three times. They had all the pressure on Winnipeg. And then when his team needed it, I mean, I'm sure Scott O'Neill had some pretty direct words for the guys after the first 40 minutes. And there's Adam Lowry scoring on the first shift. Um, He has come up. I mean, this is not a guy that's going to be scoring 30 or 40 goals like a Kyle Connor. But, man, yeah. he's come up with big plays and big moments when this team is really needed. And that's a big part of the the points they were able to get out of those games where they didn't have their best. Yeah, they, they don't win that game in Los Angeles without that shorthanded goal at the end of the period. And they probably could have had a second one if uh, Dylan DeMello didn't airmail that one over the over the net, too, oh. uh, on a great pass from Sacramento line. Like, Sacramento, like, I know we're talking about Lowry, but how about Sacramento line in that situation? I thought he was going to shoot the puck, and then he sends that perfect pass over to Dylan DeMello. So... But Lowry, Lowry's goal at the end of the first changed the wave of that game. They don't they get blown out probably uh, at Crypto.com Arena without that shorthanded goal. That gave them the confidence they needed going the period. We're almost I don't want to say we're expecting these types of things from him, but he's Mr. Shorthanded. First off, second off, he wins base big faceoffs for you. Knows how to score big goals when it comes down to it, and just he's just dependable, man. They just. A guy that you just know every time, and to have him with Sam Gagne, you have two dependable players guiding Morgan Barron, who's just growing in his National Hockey League career. This is your third line. This is the line you know can shut down the other team's best. But Adam Lowry is just worth every penny, worth every penny that he gets and has ever received from the Winnipeg Jets organization for what he is as a person, what he is on the ice, and how he serves this team in the community and, and how he's embraced the city of Winnipeg as well. 
Jamie Thomas of Jets TV and 680 CJOB Winnipeg Jets Radio with us. Jamie will be back in the booth with our pal Paul Edmonds with the call Thursday night from Canada Life Center when the Jets host the Montreal Canadiens. Um, Jamie, moving on to these next three games, um, you know, we talked about the 10-game segments, but, you know, for a team that has yeah. played so much, had the two Western road trips, there's always that worry about the first game back from uh, from the road. However, yeah. I kind of think the way those games went, the return of Rick Bonus, I would imagine, I'm certainly expecting and hoping that we're going to see a team that's pretty close to the version right out of the gate of the one that played against the St. Louis Blues in a game that they'll be favored in, in a game that, frankly, if you want to make the playoffs, this is sort of the game you have to have your best and you have to get two points. Right. And usually when they come off the, the West Coast swing, my friend, they play like right away. So the benefit is they have yesterday off. It's travel day. Um, you, you know, they got to stay overnight in Vegas. They sleep in, we, they fly out today. They practice, they practice again tomorrow. So I don't think there's that you shouldn't be fatigued by the time Thursday rolls around. So I think you'll have it all together by the time Montreal rolls in and they have, that's the thing. They've been on the road for so long. You haven't had a chance to kind of get things rolling on home ice. And I, I know, I know a three game road roads or sorry, homestand isn't exactly the massive homestand, you can get some momentum going, but you got Montreal, you play Chicago in the afternoon on Saturday, you know, you have a Sunday off. There's some perfect time to heal and rest and get some momentum going here on home ice before you, you head out again on the road for a couple of games. So the schedule works out nicely. It's a little light in the month of November. I know it gets crazy in January. December is not exactly easy either, but this, the beginning part of this month should be enough to heal some bumps and bruises and to get on some type of momentum, especially on home ice. And, you know, the way they played, they had a great game against the Rangers, played fantastic in St. Louis. There's some things to do and get uh, get on a roll and play well in front of the fans. And, you know, the, the fans are starting to talk about this team now. You know what I mean? There was a kind of that wait-and-see attitude going into the into training camp. Now people are starting to notice, and this is the best time to keep that attention and those those positive vibes rolling around the city of Winnipeg. Well, for sure. And, you know, you mentioned about the schedule. I mean, you know, part of the reason why people were hoping the Jets would sort of survive is they were playing a lot of tough teams. They had a couple three and fours. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't the way you'd want to set it up. Now, however, they come into a period where they've got five games over the course of 17 days. And Rick Bonus is back with the club. I don't think you could have a better time right now to be able to schedule some practices and have some, you know, real detailed teamwork with the head coach, Jamie. Because yes. they simply haven't had that opportunity. And I mean, as you mentioned, Bones has been watching all these games, but hasn't been with the club. And um, I think this is a, a perfect sort of break for the team to have a few days where you actually do get legitimate practice time with the club. Because as we well know, the last couple of weeks, they've been basically non-existent. Yeah, they've just been, you know, they've had days off on the road that, because of the travel schedules, lots of, back, you know, three and fours. So it's the fact that you have two days between the games between Dallas and you play in the afternoon on Saturday. There's plenty of time to work things out here. And they have a lot of things to work on. They got Bones yelling at them again on the ice. There's lots of things to what, that need to be rectified. The, the schedule fits them perfectly. And they have... Dude, they have three after their Dallas game on home. They have three days until they play uh, Calgary and then Seattle back to back. So this this is a perfect time to get all that practice. You know, practice time is essential when you're trying to make sure your systems are nailed down, that you're doing the right things in the penalty kill, you're working things around the power play. Um, that's this is I think that 
that's the way that the sket not the schedule, but the fact the record is what it is, where they sit in the division is good. Now, as you mentioned, practices, you have all this practice time. There's no excuses now. That's the whole thing. There's no excuses. The schedule is too hard or whatever. This is the time to, to break down what is going wrong and to rectify it before the schedule gets meaty again. Hey, uh, one other guy I wanted to ask you about, um, and I guess it's in relation to Logan Stanley, who I know has been walking around in a walking boot, was not on the ice today, and you know, presumably is still going to be out of the lineup for a period. And yeah, we know for about two the weeks, I think they're saying. Okay, so, I mean, there, you yeah. know, big opportunity for Dylan Sandberg to sort of establish himself. And yeah. Listen, I thought he, like many people, had a tough time against the LA Kings, got better against Arizona. But even though the Vegas Golden Knights certainly were the ones that were carrying the majority of the play, I thought he handled himself very well in the Sunday game. Yes. And we saw we saw an element, and I'm sure you saw this from the booth too, um, he had a couple of passes in the offensive zone to teammates for very, very good shots on net that I'm not sure we talk so much about his defensive game and then, you know, what he can do in her own end. I think we're seeing a little bit more of Dylan Sandberg as he plays more and gets more confident to help out in the other side of the rink as well. Yeah, he and, you know, he's starting to carry the puck a lot more out of his own end, too. So that that I, I think it's hard to explain to people when you don't play for a bit, how hard it is just to get back in there. And, you know, we, we were sitting in the corner, I was talking with Mitchell Clinton, and they were doing a, a two-on-two drill um, at the Iceplex today. And it's just that appreciation of how fast things move in the National Hockey League. And then when you're sitting there right up against the glass, you you see how quickly the decisions have to be made. So the fact that Sandberg gets put into the lineup against Los Angeles, who was like just all over the team as a, as a whole in that first period – that's a hell of a way to come back into the lineup when you've been sitting around for three games. Um, part of that due to injuries, right, for from blocking a shot. But he he was much better in the second and third. You have Dylan DeMello beside you for the most part. That is as solid as it gets as a defense partner. So I think his, his improvement is the fact that he said there's everyone in the blue line is more than happy to help which is huge. Like he doesn't have to Dylan, a young player like Dylan Sandberg has, doesn't have to walk up to Nate Schmidt and ask for help. They will offer help. And that is huge for a young player's development. And I think you're seeing that. And the fact that he's comfortable now to carry the puck out of the ice, he's very good. He's a very good passer. As you said, I think that's the one part of his game we haven't exp- you know, seen enough of, but that's all about part about being comfortable in, in the national hockey league. And that's where Dylan Sandberg, I believe is right now, and as long as he's in the lineup, he's just going to get better and better. Um, and that is why they were so high on him when they drafted him. Um, you know, you you wish he would have left school after his second year and his, sa- his second title. But uh, the fact that he's getting better every game and uh, says everything about Dylan Sandberg and the type of player he can be um, and how well he's playing right now. Hey, Jamie, before we roll, um, I know you're yeah. a big NFL guy. You're a heck of a commissioner, Dude, too, may I say. What Loving is going – yeah, thank you. Yeah. Big Red took an L this week, but we'll get back. But uh, check out some of this breaking <laughs> news just since we've been talking. NFL trade deadline this today. Dolphins? Miami trades the first round pick they got from San Francisco, a 2024 fourth, and Chase Edmonds to Denver for Bradley Chubb. Um, yeah. The Dolphins are expected to work on a new long-term deal. Uh, but man, you pair him with Jalen Phillips. The uh, the Dolphins, the Dolphins haven't lost a game where Tua has started and finished so far this yeah. year. We sort of forgot about them a little bit with everything that happened in that concerning situation. But um, man, 
I love Mike McDaniel. Tyreek Hill's having an unbelievable year right now. And now that help on, are we going to be talking about the Dolphins maybe in that category with the Chiefs and Bills near the top of the AFC come playoff time? I think they're just below it. They still have a lot to prove. Like they've, they've looked good since Tua came back, but they are, they are, they, the defenses they have been going, have, uh, that they've been going up against aren't exactly elite. But the fact that they've added another pass rusher to help uh, the defensive side of the football, that means they're, they're serious about what this is. They, they don't have a first-round pick again next year because of Tom Brady. It's all his fault, everything. Um, uh, just constantly screwing the Dolphins. <laughs> it even doesn't mean to. Um, but the fact that they're improving the defensive side of the football, they went out in the offseason and got the playmakers that Tua needed. I think we're they're just below the cusp, man. They, they have a lot to prove to me. They still got to be Buffalo. Uh, I I don't put them with Kansas City and 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 the Bills just yet because they just haven't shown enough in a consistent fashion. But man, they're getting there. Um, the fact that they have they're they're threatening at this point is is huge for this organization because I just felt that Josh Allen the Bills are so far ahead of everybody else that you're like okay it's constantly wild card. I'm not saying they're going to challenge the Bills for first. But they're around. They're in the conversation. They just got to keep remain consistent. Tyreek Hill has been a blessing beyond belief. It's amazing how good he is. I know that Patrick Mahomes uh, misses him, and I can see why, because I have paid a lot of more attention to how special he is. But uh, the, the, it's it's a big day for the Dolphins organization. And man, is do you ever remember a trade deadline being as crazy in the NFL as this one has been? There there is all kinds of crazy stuff. No. Detroit's trading within the division. Like, why are you you're sending TJ Hawkinson to your division rival? That makes no sense to me. He still has because, two years on his deal. It's nuts. Yeah, that was you know Irv Smith put on uh, on IR, and the Vikings get TJ Hawkinson from the Lions for a second yeah. and a third, and they get a fourth and a conditional for it, a great pick. And Canadian Chase Claypool, the Bears yes. are buyers, surprisingly, yeah. going from Pittsburgh to uh, Pittsburgh to the Bears. So I well, hopefully we'll get some more uh, stuff that we can talk about at the end of the show. Jamie, say hi to Paulie. Look forward to su- Thursday's broadcast. Thanks as always for jumping on. Always great talking with you here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Hey, buddy, I appreciate you always throwing up Paulie's call in overtime on, on your on your guys' Twitter page. That's fantastic. It's, it's you know, sitting beside him when he gets in overtime. I just sit there and watch him. I'm like, this guy's a freaking wizard. That's all I ever think, every time. Uh, uh, you're, I, listen, I've, uh, I'm envious of you for many things, but uh, being able to hang with Paul in that booth and uh, be there for the excitement is certainly one of it. We'll look forward to it again, and hopefully plenty of excited Paul Edmonds calls on the air and on uh, our feed uh, tomorrow. Have a good one, dude. See you, my friend. There is, uh, there's our good friend, Jamie Thomas, with us uh, here on uh, on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Uh, we do got to give a big shout-out to our friends at Not Auto Corp. And why not question today? We're going to talk mostly Jets, but this one is for you Viking fans. 6-1 and one on the season and now making a trade for TJ Hawkinson to shore up that tight end position with a big, big improvement. Vike fans, what do you think of the trade and how confident are you that the Vikes are a legitimate NFC contender? Hit us up in the comments. Of course, our friends at Not Auto Corp are uh, the place to go if you're thinking about getting a new vehicle or upgrading your existing vehicle. Uh, They've got a number of things, including consignment. I mean, if you're looking to sell a vehicle and don't want to deal with strangers coming to your house, the Not team are the consignment experts. They'll certify, detail, remarket your vehicle to maximize its value and handle all financing at work. You can just sit back and wait for a big check. And 
Of course, if you're looking for a vehicle, why not get into the car of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Knot team? So many beautiful makes and models, including a large selection of Tesla and electric vehicles. You can find out more about the switch to the electric vehicle with the Tesla experience. Talk to your Knot expert about that. And don't forget, winter just around the corner, winter tire specials and the MPI payment plan is at Knot. Why not get safe winter tires now and pay later? Not Auto Corp, Waverly and McGilvery, and check them out over uh, at not.ca online. Our friends at Royal Sports, ready for the World Cup, ready for the Grey Cup, ready for it all right now. Just got a great, just in time for the West Final, got a great ad of uh, a great drop of bomber, new toques, scarfs, and more. Just in time to wear them on the 13th out at IG Field. Uh, they've got a huge selection of Canada soccer gear ahead of the World Cup next month. And they've also got the biggest selection of Jets merchandise, Bombers merchandise, NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and more. And, of course, Royal is the hockey superstore in Winnipeg for over 40 years. Anything you could possibly need for the game, right down to skate sharpening, all the way up to a full set of goalie equipment, the Royal experts have it for you. Pop down and see them, 750 Pemina Highway, and on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. And of course, our friends at F Apparel are ready for the holidays. I mean, you might already be thinking about holiday gifts, and an F Apparel gift card would be a great gift for the fella in your life. But right now, they've got a couple of awesome deals as well. If you're looking for a wardrobe refresh, buy one suit, get one suit for 30% off. And for you guys that are planning some nuptials or in a wedding party, talk to the gang about getting your suits at F. Don't waste your money renting for the weekend and then giving back custom suits for the entire crew beginning at $400. And right now, if you get booked and measured by the end of November, 10% off for the entire group and a free shirt for everybody. Savings of up to 130 bucks. Pop down, see Andrew and his great staff at 190 Smith Street. Or check out F Apparel online at ephapparel.com. All right. Continuing on with the program, our guy Mike McIntyre joins us. And appreciate Mike jumping on a little earlier today. No Remo, so I've got a little more time and more things to chop up with you. How are you? How was the... What was it like watching these games at home as opposed to being on the road where you've been quite a bit? I know you did a lot of traveling, so it probably was nice to be home. But, uh, wow, that was a, an interesting way to come back with five or six points against some pretty good teams. Oh, you know what, Mike? I think you're muted. Let's just see if we can get the... Uh... Get Mike back in. Jerry, I don't know if you know if there's something that uh, he's got to enter in. Um, Mike, of course, uh, joining us down at practice today. For those of you that uh, missed it or just jumped in, Rick Bonus is back. And uh, no Ehlers, no Logan Stanley, and no Connor Hellebuck, who certainly deserved a, uh, deserved a day off. I think we're going to get maybe uh, uh, Mike to maybe uh, jump out and jump back in, Mike, if you can. Uh, because I think we're having a little issue. I'm not sure, Jeremy, there was another link that you can sometimes send. I know Remus was mentioning that, but, um, oh, I think, can we hear Mike now? Mike, can you hear us? Oh, okay, okay, Mike's going Mike's gonna to come back in. Uh, well, we'll, uh, we'll reconvene with Mike in just a moment and get him on. Um, just back to those NFL trades for a second while we're waiting for Mike. 
as we mentioned, I mean, a big, big deal. Bradley Chubb going from the Broncos to Miami now uh, for a first, a fourth, and Chase Edmonds. And yeah, Viking fans pretty fired up. Pretty fired up about the uh, about the trade of TJ Hawkinson. Uh, Mike, can uh, can we hear you now? I hope so. Can you hear me? Oh yeah, I can. We're just you're very very light. I'm not sure if you're oh. close to your mic or um. Yeah, I don't know. Why that might that be. Is. I'm, I'm sitting here in a uh, dressing room down at the ice place. There we go. Us, so... yeah, I'm now sitting. I'm sitting. Gotcha. I'm down in a dressing room here at the Iceplex. So. Uh, hopefully, as all is good. You were asking about watching the games on TV. Uh, yeah. Unlike Rick Bonus, I don't have nearly the emotional investment, of course. So uh, I probably didn't do nearly as much yelling at the television. Rick Bonus was just joking with us down here a short time ago about uh, how animated he was watching the way his team played on that road trip uh, from home. So yeah, it was. It, it's a bit different, obviously, not to be in the rink, but. You know, you pick up some things that maybe you don't actually see down at the rink. And uh, I think I saw what probably anybody watching saw, which is that the Winnipeg Jets were 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 lucky to uh, to get out of that road trip with five points. Uh, as Nate Schmidt told me earlier this morning, it uh, it could have very well have just been one out of six instead of five out of six the way they played. Yeah. Uh, well, let's start with the return of Bones. I mean, I know JT was on with this earlier and said that I didn't want to talk about how he's feeling. He's back going right. forward. But um, what were your observations of uh, Rick back with the club, both on the ice and in uh, front of the microphone when he spoke to the assembled media today and with his return? Well, you certainly got a sense of frustration, um, you know, from Rick Bonus and how this year has started for him. This was, uh, in, in some ways, a dream job you know for him to, to come back to the organization that it kind of all started with and obviously a big task ahead but he goes through training camp and you know now you're kind of ready to see firsthand what uh, what all the teaching you know through camp would yield and of course uh, he's taken out of the equation just hours before the season opener and then you know comes back after missing the first few games and thinks that it's in the rearview mirror coaches that one game against the Leafs and then has a setback, uh, which we all saw, you know, here uh, just over a week ago. And there was great concern for Rick Bonus um, when he was on the, the podium there last Monday prior to the game against the Blues. You know, he was clearly not anywhere close to 100%. And even today, Haas, you know, he admitted that he's still not 100%. He said he's never gone through anything like this in his life. And Given his age, he's 67. There's some obvious concern, um, but he, he he wants to obviously try and put this behind him. And the good news is, he says that he will be on the bench, you know, starting Thursday night. And the hope now is that he can continue to be behind the bench. In terms of what we saw at practice today, he uh, I think he he's probably got a lot of pent up frustration over some of the things he's seen from his team, and that he's maybe felt kind of powerless to control. He was extremely vocal and animated uh, at practice today and, uh, you know, quite critical, in fact, of his team. Um, I, I don't know that I've heard a coach of a first place team and believe it or not, that's what the Jets are. They're tied for first with Rick's old team, the Dallas Stars at 5-3-1. and one. Uh, But he certainly had a lot to say about what he's seen and what he hasn't seen from his group. 
and it's pretty clear the message here is uh, despite some early success uh, we cannot kind of rest on our laurels there is a ton of of improvement that we need to do and I, I get the sense Rick Bonus is just relieved that he's able to now try and instill some of that in person as opposed to over zoom and text message and all the other ways he's had to communicate you know I was just mentioning this to, to Thomas but I have to say it is refreshing the way that it's seemingly like this coaching staff and the team is basically talking quite honestly. And maybe it's easier to do that when you have good results that maybe, you know, you can be better as opposed to playing great and getting goalied and maybe not getting the results. But Rick bonus has been clear. And this has trickled down to someone like Kyle Connor, who was very clear about saying that, you know, the way that they're playing, getting wins is probably somewhat unsustainable. Um, that message, and I think it's appreciated by the fan base because the one thing, and Rick Bonus said this early on, these fans are smart. They're watching all the games just like everyone else's, just like Rick had been doing for the past two weeks while he'd been on the coach. And, um, you know, you don't want to insult them. And, and frankly, tell your players something that really is not based in reality. And uh, we'll see how that message, you know, kind of plays out when they get back on the ice right now. But certainly... Um, I, I like the fact that the team is acknowledging that, hey, their goalie put them on their back. That's going to happen during the seasons. But if they want to stay in this neighborhood that they're in right now at the top of the central, they're going to need to be a hell of a lot better and a hell of a lot more consistent. Rick Bonus had a uh, early contender for quote of the year, Huss, today here at Iceplex. Um, he was asked, uh, first of all, he, he, he was talking about how among the many things he's seen that has concerned him is a lack of emotion and passion from his players. And he specifically used those words. He said, you can't play this game without emotion or, or passion. You just can't. He said, that's often the, the difference between good teams and bad teams. The skill level tends to be more or less the same. It's playing with passion. And he said, um, he said, it bothered me. I didn't see that emotion and that passion. Everything revolves around that. We, we have to get that emotion and passion level back up to which Rick bonus was asked, well, how do you light that fire under this group? And, and this, this is an absolute beauty from Rick bonus. He said, sometimes you have to get behind the bench and act like an idiot. Um, so I, we, we may see <laughs> We may see a very vocal Rick Bonus and an animated Rick Bonus. There's that clip of him, Huss, I believe it was last year with Dallas, maybe two years ago, where he lost it during a game. And I think he, he started like swinging sticks against the plexiglass. He was upset at a call. And it was a rare show of emotion from a guy that's usually composed. But you get the sense that Bonus is chomping at the bit to... Um, you know, he's tired of just watching on TV and he's, he joked that his wife is tired of him yelling at the TV. I actually asked him, um, I said, I'm, I'm surprised that your TV set survived the first period of the LA game the other day. Like, I, I thought maybe <laughs> something might have gone through the TV uh, when they were being uh, outshot 16 to 1. And I believe the shot attempts, Huss, were 31 to 2. Rick Bonus told me that's right uh, he's like i haven't seen anything like that uh for quite some time at the nhl level he said so 
there's some frustration there for sure. And there's some passion and emotion, which he feels his team has been missing. And I think Rick Bonus is going to bring that in spades uh, starting Thursday night. What, what did Bones have to say about his goalie? Oh, well, he said, first of all, Connor Hellebuck wasn't on the ice today. And he kind of stated the obvious. There's no concern. Connor Hellebuck's fully healthy. He said he put in enough work on Sunday that he earned an extra day off here. Uh, you know, and the Jets obviously have another practice tomorrow. So it's not like this was their only skate before Thursday's game. So there was no worry about Connor Hellebuck getting that extra day off. But uh, yeah, I mean, th there's the concern, right, Huss, that in some ways your bad habits and the Jets have had some real bad habits here the last few games, that they're essentially being rewarded for those bad habits because they're getting results. And I guess the concern is that, you know, that becomes those bad habits become the norm. Well, Rick Bonus made it clear. And I think the, the players we spoke to today as well, Nate Schmidt, Kyle Connor, nobody's under any illusion here that, that you know, they're, they're playing better than they really are. They realize that there were a couple heists on the road there because of Connor Hellebuck. And even David Riddick, you know, played really well in Arizona those first couple periods when the Jets really didn't as a team. So they, they recognize that uh, they've got a lot of work to do. And I guess the glass half full way of looking at it at pass is there's a lot of things that they haven't done very well. And yet here they are as the calendar is now flipped to November with a share of first place. Uh, and, you know, the power play is near the basement of the NHL. The penalty kill is near the basement. Kyle Connor has scored one goal and it was in, in, into an empty net on opening night. Um, they played six and nine on the road and they've played terrible in stretches. And despite all that, they're five, three and one. Um, so you have to, you know, if, you, if you're a positive thinking person, it's like, well, they, some of those things are bound to improve. And what is this team going to look like if and when they can get those things turned around? And, you know, the obvious answer would be, well, they're going to be a pretty dangerous team. You know, I, after the game in LA, we were doing the Friday show and, you know, and again, it was such a bizarre conversation to have because it was a huge win for the team. Um, Connor Hellebuck was brilliant, but, I mean, 16 to 1, 13 to 2, 31 2 in attempts early on. I mean, there was a lot of things that you'd want to hide your eyes. But I said on that show, I mean, because of the way that they played, but the result they got, I wanted to see the Jets maybe play a little guilty. Like, you know, go out, acknowledge that they needed to be much, much better and do that in that second game. The first period, I didn't really think that that happened, but I definitely loved the second and the third against the Coyotes and they got that win. Um, I kind of feel the same way now, Mike, about this game against the Montreal Canadiens on Thursday that, you know, we're hearing them sort of acknowledge we were very fortunate to get the points that we got. Thank you very much, Connor Hellebuck. Bones is back. They're going to have a couple days of practice to get ready for this game. And um, there should be no reason why this team doesn't look a lot more like the team that played the St. Louis Blues on home ice last Monday, which was clearly their best 60-minute effort of the year um, against a team that, They'll be a big favorite again to get off to a very good start on this homestand. Well, for sure. And, you know, here we are nine games into the season. And you could say quite confidently, Huss, the Jets now have, have a solid blueprint in their back pocket 
of what to do and what not to do. We've seen two real extremes here just in, in relative short order. And as you say, you only have to go back to eight days ago, that game against the Blues, where the Jets seemingly did everything right. Like they looked dominant that night against a team that came in here without a loss. Now the Blues have kind of fallen on hard times. I think the Jets broke the Blues uh, based on what they did to them that night. But, you know, let's not discount what Winnipeg managed to, to put together, a full 60-minute effort. Contrast that with the way they came out against L.A. and especially, you know, L.A. and Vegas. And to a lesser extent, Arizona, you could say, well, Arizona, they're on the back-to-back and there's a lot of energy for the Coyotes. It's their, their home opener and their new building. So maybe we give them a bit of a pass for that one. But the L.A. game and the Vegas game, I mean, it's it's inexcusable to come out as lackluster as they did. Um, and yet they got three out of four points in those two games. Right. And so um, you're right. I, I think, you know, they, they don't have to look back very far to see what a full, consistent effort looks like. And I'd be stunned if if we didn't see something you know, more closely resembling the Blues effort and execution compared to what we saw against the Kings and the Golden Knights starting Thursday night. And, you know, they've, they've now got some time to get some practice in. The, the Jets have not had a lot of practice time. They've got their head coach back. They're not going to have the full roster just yet. Nikolai Ehlers, as we learned today, a bit of a setback. Um, but, um, you know, they've got some practice time. They've got some rest. And you could say, at least on paper, Huss, the, the schedule lightens up a bit here in terms of the quality of opponent. Now, the Jets in the past have had a tendency to often play down to the opposition and play up to, uh, to, to stronger opponents. So, you know, games here against Montreal and Chicago, uh, Thursday night, Saturday afternoon, those are two teams that are very much in kind of the rebuild stage of 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 their um, path and so you think the Jets should be able to take advantage of that they're they're at home they're rested and they're coming off some real questionable efforts um so we'll see what uh you know how Winnipeg responds but I would expect a response from them well and of course the Tuesday game is against the Dallas Stars and that'll be a big one for Bones I mean having had to miss the game in Dallas earlier this year to go up against his old team and Jake Ottinger, who's been just brilliant early on, uh, out for a week. I'm not sure whether he'll be back for that game, but it's Scott Wedgwood tonight going for Dallas. Um, and they can't even bring up Anton Hudobin right now because of their cap situation. No. So they're down to their fourth goaltender in uh, in the back, and we're seeing how that cap situation is uh, bringing. Speaking of goaltending, I mean, Hellebuck, I would imagine, will probably be back in the net on Thursday. Um, you know, he's had enough time, enough rest. Uh, do you see Big Save Dave getting one of these three games at home? Uh, Hellebuck is Mr. Matinee. He's so good historically in the afternoon yeah. games. I mean, that might be normally a time where you don't play your number one. But, man, the way he's playing right now and the fact that this is a very light schedule with only five games in 17 days, two real positives to that. Some time for Bones to get on the practice rink with these guys, which often is not that available throughout the regular season. And if you want to keep riding the hottest goalie in the NHL, I'm sure the horse will be ready to ride. 
Yeah, I don't expect we'll see Riddick make either of or either of those two starts or any on this homestand. Uh, I think David Riddick's third start of the season will uh, will also come on the road, and it'll be uh, on the Sunday of the uh, West Con- Western Conference Final. Um, you know that the Bombers will be hosting at IG Field on the 13th there, and that's when the Jets are playing in Seattle after playing the previous night in Calgary. That quick two-game trip uh, out to the West Coast. So, you know, I think that'll, just like his first two starts, I expect that'll be what his next start is. It'll be another road game, another back-to-back, and such is the life of a backup goalie, especially, Huss, when you're the backup goalie to a former Vesna Trophy winner who certainly looks to be in Vesna Trophy form uh, through the first few weeks or month of this NHL regular season. I mean, the Connor Hellebuck that uh, was on full display in Vegas the other night. He looks like a guy who uh, wants to add another trophy to the to the trophy case here uh, when uh, when next spring rolls around. <laughs> you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll stump for Hellebuck as the best in the game. Certainly right now he's playing the best. He's a former Vezina Trophy winner, so he'll always get my vote for number one. But number two, I'm convinced, is Carl Vimelka. This guy, <laughs> like, if he... It, it, he might be a Vezina Trophy finalist if every game was against teams like the Winnipeg Jets. He, he, he is a guy that actually can, um, and I'll say this, much like Hellebuck in those two games, I think for most right. of the season, Vimelka will have plenty of opportunities to show everyone just how good he is because he's going to be busy. Well, he, 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 there's now a verb, right? You can get vimelka and the Jets have been vimelka uh, last season. And just ask the Toronto Maple Police about that, Huss, because they got vimelka in their own building uh, a couple of weeks ago, they've kind of started their downward slide that has folks uh, in the center of the hockey universe now in a, in an uproar. It kind of all started with that loss to the Sad Sack Coyotes and, uh, and has continued with uh, additional losses to some really bottom-feeding teams, San Jose, Anaheim. Um, but yeah, it all started with the Coyotes, and you're right. I mean, Vimelka is another guy who, uh, for whatever reason... He, can, he seems to rise to the occasion, especially when he's playing against Canadian teams. Mike McIntyre with us from the Winnipeg Free Press, looking ahead to the uh, Jets week, Thursday night, Montreal Canadiens, Saturday afternoon, Chicago Blackhawks, and then Tuesday, finishing up a three-game homestand at home against the Dallas Stars. Um, Mike, uh, I mean, I think Rick Bonus was pretty clear. I'm sure if you ask the top six to a man, they probably didn't like the games that they had on the road, especially in L.A. and in Vegas. But I have to say, we're seeing more and more from Adam Lowry's line and the fourth yeah. line. I mean, how do you see the improvement of the depth on this roster and the confidence that Scott Arneal, obviously involving Rick Bonus, had been showing in the third line, but especially the fourth line, putting them on in some real high leverage situations that would have been laughable to think they would have put have been put in that maybe in years past. Well, for sure. And, you know, I, I really like the move of Sam Gagne now, and I realized that it only happened because of the Ehlers injury that Gagne moved up to play on that third line uh, with Lowry and Barron. Um, you know, those guys between them, uh, Adam Lowry's got six points in nine games. Morgan Barron's now got four points. Uh, Sam Gagne's got three goals. Like, there's some offense there. And when this season began, Huss, and we kind of wondered, is this team going to be able to score enough? Will they have enough depth scoring? Um, You know, one thing we weren't kind of adding into the mix was, what if Kyle Connor 
suddenly is snake bitten and, you know, can't score. Uh, I think we would have all assumed this team is in dire straits if Kyle Connor isn't scoring, you know, given that they lost Paul Stasny and, you know, the question of whether they replaced Andrew Kopp. Well, guys like Morgan Barron, Sam Gagne, and, you know, obviously Axel, uh, he gets the big goal in L.A. last week, you know, a fourth-line goal, really nice play from David Gustafson. Uh, Sacramento Linen's been, been a real nice find. You know, they're not lighting it up, but they're certainly more than holding their own. And what it's done is allowed the coaching staff to, to really, you know, roll four lines at times. And one of the things I really like that we've heard, you know, from the players and from the coaching staff is how this team wants to look and that they want all four lines to kind of play a similar style, which is a funny thing to say when you've got such a disparity in skill. But I think we've seen that, you know, we've seen at times, and yes, it's a work in progress, but we've seen shifts where the the top line goes out and they grind it out like the fourth line does. And I think, you know, it, it almost has an infectious kind of impact when this team, as it's trying to develop this identity under the new coaching staff and new systems, when you have your third and fourth line go out and more than hold their own, you know, it rubs off on everybody. And, you know, I think that, that that's something to really build on here for the Jets. And of all the kind of issues we talk about right now with the team, um, a lack of depth scoring is way down the list, right? I mean, there's a lot of other things you can talk about, the power play, the penalty kill. And, you know, obviously Nikolai Ehlers being injured. He's only played two games. He hasn't scored. Like, again, if you had said that Connors and Ehler between them would have one goal through nine games, um, I, I, I don't know that anybody would have predicted that the Jets would be sitting in a tie for first place. Uh, but here they are. No, there's no but What do you make of Kyle Connor's offensive struggle so far this year? And what did he have to say today? I know we met the media. He spoke about the way the team yeah. had been playing as unsustainable to continue winning. But his personal situation, what uh, what did you hear? And what uh, what are your thoughts? I'm not worried at all about it, Huss. And if anything, I mean, I, I think if you're the Jets and even Kyle Connor, you say, you know, we've kind of more than held our own here in spite of very little from Kyle Connor. And I think it's just a matter of time. Like if he wasn't getting the looks and the chances, then I'd be really worried. Okay. Is the new system, like have they almost taken Kyle Connor out of the mix? Um, he's got 33 shots. Like he's, he's averaging, you know, almost four shots a game. Um, the big one for me is that he doesn't have any power play goals and the power play itself only has four goals. Um, you know, I, I, obviously when you've got a 47 goal scorer like Connor and other teams are doing their pre-scout, he's the guy they're really keying on, right? And so if you're the Jets, you've got to find a way to make adjustments, whether that means freeing up other guys because, you know, they're paying so much attention to Connor. The other four guys that are out there on the power play, they, arguably they should have more time and space. It hasn't really worked out that way because this team its power play is near the bottom of the NHL. They only have four goals in nine games. I think it's only a matter of time, though, before something gives. Either Connor himself starts converting on the power play or his line mates start cashing in. Um, as for five on five, again, he's getting a lot of chances. It just seems like everything right now that comes off his stick is either hitting the goalie in the chest 
in the pads, in the head. I think he hit Vamalka, you know, straight in the noggin the other day. Or the crossbar, like he's rung iron, I think, at least three times already this year. Um, so, you know, his goals are going to come. Obviously, 47, 50, people were talking about 50. He's got a, you know, he's got 49 more to go in 73 games. Um, if he's going to hit that mark, uh, I, I think team success is obviously the biggest, um, you know, number one priority for the Jets and Kyle Connor. And if they can win without getting a whole lot of production from him, I just think it means that when inevitably he does start to heat up and score, the Jets are going to be even more lethal because of it. Hey, how um, I'm not sure how much we saw today about lines. I mean, how are things looking under bonus? Because, I mean, we did see a swap of centers in that top line. I think at times, you know, that second line, and listen, I think Cole Perfetti's been awesome so far this season, but I think we saw some, you know, extended periods of, um, you know, of difficulties for that line. And obviously that precipitated, uh, you know, a move. Um, uh, what did they look like and what should we expect when they drop the puck on Thursday? So they've gone back to the old lines and by old, I mean the ones that they had been using prior to the center swap. Mark Shifley, Kyle Connor were back together with Mason Appleton, who then left practice early today, Huss. Um, no real concern by the sounds of it. Uh, you know, there's certainly some concern about whether he got injured in practice. Apparently just feeling a bit under the weather. I saw him in the dressing room after um, he looked fine. Um, so I don't think there's any concern about Mason Appleton's availability. But yeah, they had uh, they had Dubois, Wheeler and Perfetti back together. You know, I, I think part of what that switch the other day was is maybe to see if that could light a fire under Kyle Connor. Don't forget Kyle Connor's 47 goals last year largely came playing with Pierre-Luc Dubois, certainly five on five. And, you know, Dubois and Connor were, were split up to start this season. And so maybe there was some thinking there that if they get Dubois and Connor back together, that that would create a spark. Um, so it looks like Rick Bonus is going back to the way they, they had it prior to switching Dubois and Shifley up the middle. Um, but I guess as with everything, you know, and, and again, it's clear from the comments after practice today, there's a lot of areas they're not happy with the way the team has performed. I wouldn't put anything down in permanent ink. Um, I have to think Rick Bonus, you know, has some moves in his back pocket that if they come out flat on Thursday against the Habs, uh, we could see the, uh, the the old blender out. And obviously, as long as Nikolai Ehlers remains out, you know, it, it creates that big hole in the top nine that for now, uh, Mason Appleton is the one tasked with filling. You know, I know somebody, there's a few um, a few mentions in the uh, in the chat about people saying, oh, what are they doing going back to Shifley and Wheeler? I can't blame Scott O'Neill for trying to do something because when your team is still in a game, but you're getting pumped the way that they were, I mean, you have to do something to try to give yourself an opportunity to maybe have a few better results. And I think you're right. Kyle Connor to me is at the root of all of this right now because he did have his most prolific season playing the majority of time with Pierre-Luc Dubois on paper. Right. Connor, Shifley, and Ehlers, when he's there, seems like one of the most dynamic lines in the league. And we've seen some glimpses of brilliance from them, but um, desperate times for desperate measures. And if you want to say that that was desperate, it absolutely was. Anyone that watched the game, I think, would have agreed. 
for sure. And and you know, I it, it's it is puzzling that a team like the Jets aren't a young team. You could you could maybe understand if this was a group of you know all kinds of rookies and you know first second year players still kind of trying to find their way. Like the Jets have a veteran core, and even their you know even guys like. Kyle Connor, Josh Morrissey, those aren't kids anymore, right? And so it is a bit perplexing that a team that um, that talks a good game about, you know, recognizing what their issues seemingly are, still can come out as flat as they are. Now, I, I, I always think you have to give some credit to the other team, right? I mean, Paul Maurice, one of his favorite sayings used to be, the other guys, they get paid too. Well, they do. Um, so, you know, give some credit to teams like LA and again, Arizona in their opener and Vegas, who looks to have a, a real good group this year, you know, they're up there with Boston as early leaders in the NHL. Those guys obviously came out and played very well, but the Jets compounded the problem significantly by just coming out as flat as they did. And I just wonder, Huss, like, is part of this just a cause and effect of knowing that you've got Connor Hellebuck on your team. And, you know, it, it's almost unfair to think that you would just come out lackadaisical because you know that Connor Hellebuck is going to bail you out. Uh, and, and you know, it, it just might be human tendency, right, to almost take him for granted. You know, kind of like how teams, when the backup plays, you sometimes see them really tighten up and kind of batten down the hatches. I almost wonder at times if the Jets come out too loosey-goosey knowing Connor Hellebuck more times than not is going to save their bacon. And, you know, it's it's almost unfair to Connor Hellebuck, but we've seen this, this script play out so many times and the Jets come away with points in games where you sort of say, how in the world did they do that? Well, the answer is in number 37 in net, right? And it's the same reason, you know, I know a lot of people will dump on the Jets and say they're a terrible team. They're only winning because they're goaltending. It's like people sometimes forget the goalie is part of the team. Like Connor Hellebuck's, and, and he's a huge part of their team. Um, and I don't think you can separate the two and, and say, well, they're only winning because of goaltending. Well, the goaltender is, is a major part of the team. Uh, and so they're winning, you know, because of the team and because of a, a, a member of the team. If you're the Jets, you just would like to rely a little less on your goalie. That was part of the plan coming into this year to not put so much pressure on him. And so far, not so good in that department. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a reminder uh, to everyone involved, to Rick Bonus, I'm sure that was watching that despite five out of six points, um, you know, which you will definitely take. Thank you very much, Hellebuck, for being, um, you know, so brilliant that they're going to need, you know, more complete 60-minute efforts. I mean, I don't think that the team or individuals would ever think, oh, I can go a little easy on this one because Connor's back there. But I think there is some can be said that the psyche of the team uh, around a player that has been so important in all of their successes that, you know, once in a while when things aren't going well, they know they're still in the game because they do have that guy. Uh, right. But that's probably something that Rick Bonus is looking to reinforce very quickly that that is not part of the plan. Help the guy out for maybe giving him 
a 25 save shutout like he had against the St. Louis Blues as opposed to letting everyone know that he's playing better than anyone else right now because he's seeing twice that many shots in his net. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a great weapon to have that you know your goalie is dialed in and that you maybe have, you know, arguably the best in the world at his position. Um, it's just, you know, you'd like to rely on him a little less. And I think the Jets, at least based on everything they said today, they know they have to do a much better job of, of making his... Uh, uh, games a little less eventful than they have as of late. And, you know, I think this team, again, we've seen it. Uh, we saw it against the Blues. We saw it against the New York Rangers, I think, on opening night. Like, they've got a couple games already in these first nine where they can look back and say, uh, this isn't just fantasy where we're talking about how we might be able to play and what it might look like. We have hard evidence of what it looks like. We've done it. We just have to do a lot more of it. And uh, I think this homestand, you know, is a, is a great opportunity for a lot of reasons uh, to kind of walk the walk and not just talk the talk. No, gr- agreed wholeheartedly on that. Mike McIntyre is with us from the Winnipeg Free Press. Hey, Mike, before we go, we focused in on the Jets, but um, let's talk about the Central Division for a minute because you made a comment earlier that we sort of glossed over, but I'm sort of with you on it that the Winnipeg Jets may have broken the St. Louis Blues. The Blues came to Winnipeg last Monday at 3-0, and having just shut out Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers. Right. And the Jets did a number on them for a full 60 minutes, albeit still a very close game. I mean, one nothing until 10 minutes left in the game. The Blues have not won. They have not gotten a point since then. They've lost five games in a row. Um did the Jets really break the Blues? What's going on there? Well, and you talk about a team that has a template on how to play. As you say, they shut out Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisettle. That ain't easy. And they've just absolutely sprung a leak. Um, you know, they're giving up. The Jets put four on them. But I, and I think that's their best effort in their five losses. Uh, they've, they've given up five, six. Um, their GM, I see, is is going to be speaking later today. Like, it's a full-blown crisis. There's talks. There's Fans are saying they need to fire Barube, um, guy that came in and led them to a Stanley that Cup. That all happened in one years. week. Yeah. That happened in like, one week. They were the last undefeated team in the league. I know. Life, uh, life comes at you pretty quick. Um, and it's just uh, another example of, I guess, how fickle success can be and why you should never take it for granted because, uh, you know, we could be here in a, in a week from now, Huss, talking about, you know, a very different kind of storyline, whether it's with the Jets or another team in the NHL. Like, especially early in the year with small sample sizes, everything tends to get magnified. Uh, but again, here we are now, November. The first month is is out of the way. Um, the Jets, you, you could say they've, they've more than just survived what might be one of their toughest stretches of the year. I think when we looked at these first nine games, um, you know, you could have made an argument that even if the Jets played well in those first nine games, they potentially might've come out sub 500 just because of, of circumstances and who they were playing. So the fact that they are more than holding their own, that they're above water, even though they haven't always played like it, 
uh, that's something I think to build off of. And, uh, you know, we'll see what, what the coming week brings here with the Jets. Uh, again, nothing is, is set in stone. Uh, we've seen how quickly the tide can turn. But, uh, you know, there's a lot to, I think, look forward to if you're a Jets fan here uh, and the potential for this group in spite of some of the flaws that we've seen early on. Well, the funny thing is we've talked about, you know, the Jets trying to get to that, you know, plus 500 record and survive the first 10 games. The two teams that we're going to see, no one had them in these positions. Oh. Montreal is five and four on the season. And the Chicago Blackhawks, when we look at the Central Division, are one point behind the Jets and Stars <laughs> at the top of the division. In fact, in head of the Colorado Avalanche. So, I mean, you got to earn those two points. And it doesn't matter if we thought that they would be in the mix for Connor Bedard. So far, neither of these teams are. Chicago's been a great story so far, and the champs may be taking a little bit of a uh, little bit of time to get used to this new roster right now at a middling four four and one. Although at times against the Winnipeg Jets, we saw that they still look like they were that team that uh, went all the way last year. For sure, but again, you know, U.S. Thanksgiving, and that often is a pretty telltale time, right? I mean, based on historical stats, like. That's uh, just over three weeks away, Huss. And, you know, we know traditionally that teams that are in a playoff spot at U.S. Thanksgiving, there's a good chance they're going to be there um, come April. And teams that aren't, uh, they got their work cut out for them. So, um, you know, it's early, but it's not that early. And there certainly have been some surprises in the NHL, no question about it. And uh, I think the Central Division, as you say, you can – there's been a number of surprises. I think the Coyotes are kind of what they thought they'd be. The Blackhawks look a lot more impressive than maybe we thought they'd be. Minnesota, like they're really struggling here early, although they've they've now strung a couple wins together. But, you know, they're a team that I think people expected to potentially challenge the Avalanche for first. Well, both of them are looking up at the Jets and the Blackhawks and the Stars. And uh, now the, the Ottinger news, and I see he's week-to-week us, so... There's no guarantee, even in a week from now, when Dallas is here to close out the homestand, I'd be surprised, in fact, if Jake Ottinger's back in net. Sounds like a little more long-term. Um, you know, that that's a real game-changer, potentially, as well. So, uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe that Saturday afternoon game between the Jets and the Hawks, that might be for uh, that might be a first-place battle in the Central. And who would have had that, uh, you know, a month into the season? Not me. And the one other team that we haven't mentioned, Mike, is the Preds. <clears throat> and they, of course, started early. They went across to, I believe, Czech Republic and won two quickies against the Sharks. They've come back They're and only won one game since then. And, um, you know, the Predators right now are one point ahead, ahead of the Blues. They have not had the start that they were looking for after getting spotted two wins before anyone else even played a game. Yeah, over the proverbial free space on the bingo card in the NHL because the Sharks, uh, well, they beat the Leafs, I guess. So I, I was going to say they, they really haven't beaten anybody, but they did beat Toronto. Uh, but you're right. I mean, they're not exactly setting the, the league on fire either. So, you know, in that sense, the, the division right now, a month into the year, is wide open. And the Jets are right there, uh, you know, near the top. So, you know, what they can do here over the next uh, week with these three games at home and some practice time, you'd like to think that, you know, Nikola Ehlers could get back here and he's obviously a key weapon and I think he would really help the power play. From what we heard today, Huss, uh, he'll see the doctor tomorrow and 
you hope that uh, the news is encouraging out of that. The fact he's not even skating yet, I think, is quite concerning, given that originally they thought he'd be back playing by now. Um, but they've, uh, they've kind of stemmed the tide without him, and they may have to do it for a while still here. Um, but uh, there's, there's a lot of reasons for optimism, for sure. Uh, but it's time for this team to, you know, just kind of just not just talk the good talk, but go out and produce on the ice, and we'll see what they can come up with against the Habs on Thursday. Mike McIntyre, the Winnipeg Free Press, with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Uh, Mike, what do you have coming up in the uh, in the fish wrap? And, of course, at winnipegfreepress.com over the next few days, heading into the game against the Habs. Well, I just did a, I did a column yesterday, uh, Huss, on our good friend Aaron Cockrell, who just wrapped up his uh, DP World Tour season, grabbed his uh, full-time card uh, for next year, which is just great news. Obviously, uh, I spent some time over in Germany and in Toronto when he made his PJ Tour debut earlier this year. And, you know, it got a little dicey there for Aaron for a while because uh, he had fallen all the way to 110 as of two weeks ago, one-tenth on the rankings. And only the top 117 uh, get their card with two tournaments left. Uh, but Aaron came, uh, came up clutch uh, when he had to. He made the cut the last two weeks ended up finishing 107th. So he's got his full-time card. And that's really important for a lot of reasons. He can plan his full schedule out next year. And uh, I don't know if you heard, Huss, but Aaron and his uh, his wife, Chelsea, are expecting their first. Uh, Chelsea's due in February. So obviously a nice bonus to be able to kind of plan your tournament well, schedule out around, uh, around uh, <clears throat> fatherhood. Uh, because this year he was kind of on standby, you know, on any given week to see if he could get yeah. in. Uh, so it, it's a great, uh, a great feather in his cap, and good on Aaron for doing that. So wrote about him today, and full, uh, full steam ahead with Jets coverage this week. Uh, I'll be down at practice again tomorrow, and the game on Thursday, and and onwards we go. You know that story about Cockrell is so great, and obviously we're really excited about you know his uh, progressing and now getting his full uh, tour privileges over there on the DP World Tour. You mentioned. Chelsea expecting a baby with the couple. She's also been his regular caddy. And you mentioned that he came up clutch in those final two weeks. She came up clutch too. Did she not have to go like three hours away somewhere else in Spain and pick up his lost golf clubs and get them back in time for him to tee off at one of those two tourneys? It's an incredible story. So two weeks ago, he finds out last minute that he gets into the tournament in Spain. He wasn't even originally on the, the list to get in. And again, he's he's seeing his number slip. Now he's one-tenth. He's starting to think, I might just fall right out of my, my full-time status. But he gets in last minute. He flies to Spain, but Air Canada loses his clubs. They leave them behind in Madrid. He's on this island three hours away where the, where the tournament is. So Chelsea hops on a plane she flies to Madrid, gets his clubs for him, brings them to him literally hours before he's to tee off. Uh, he didn't even get a practice round in. He walked the course on the Wednesday empty-handed just to get a feel for the course because he didn't have any clubs. And uh, so she, she gets his clubs just in time. Uh, he makes the cut. That kind of cemented his full-time status. And then Chelsea actually stayed out there this past week for him. Um, as they went to Portugal, and Aaron had a nice tie for 27th this past week. 
uh, to finish up the uh, the season. So they ended up getting some uh, unexpected time together. He's now back in Winnipeg. I talked to him last night. He flew back late last night, and he'll spend a few weeks now here in Winnipeg. And the 2023 season, Huss, it actually gets going in a few weeks uh, in South Africa. And so Aaron will actually get his 2023 season going later this month. He's going to go play three events starting in late November because he's planning on taking at least the entire month of February off. Uh, obviously, uh, something much more important than golf will be uh, coming his way then. Yeah, we'll, uh, well, we'll definitely catch up with Aaron over the next little while here on the program as sure. well. Looking forward to it, Mike, and of course, all your great Jets coverage along with the Winnipeg Free Press team. Have a good one. Thanks for doing this, and uh, we'll see you at the rink on Thursday. You betcha, Huss. Have a great week. All right, great stuff from uh, from Mike McIntyre. Uh, a little bit more uh, update from uh, NFL trade deadline day suspended wide receiver calvin ridley is being traded from the atlanta falcons to the jags now it is a conditional pick um here it is it stays the fourth rounder that's going from the jags to the falcons is a four if ridley's on the roster it's a three if ridley reaches certain incentives and becomes a two if the jags sign calvin ridley to a contract extension interesting news on that if you missed it a little earlier the Minnesota Vikings acquired TJ Hawkinson from the division rival Detroit Lions. Canadian Chase Claypool's on his way from the Pittsburgh Steelers to the Chicago Bears. And a big deal involving all-pro pass rusher Bradley Chubb moving from the Denver Broncos to the Miami Dolphins for a package that includes Chase Edmonds and a first-round pick. Um, quick bomber update for you from our friends at Princess Auto. Four nominees from the Blue and Gold will be finalists at Grey Cup Week. Mike O'Shea, the uh, nominee for West Coach Divi uh, Western Division Coach of the Year, and Zach Calero, Stanley Bryant, and Dalton Schoen, all West finalists for MLP, Offensive Lineman of the Year, and Rookie of the Year, respectively. Of course, Princess Auto, proud sponsors of the Bombers, and the Princess Auto Tailgate Zone. Make sure you get out there early before the game coming up for the West final on November 13th. And of course, great sponsors of ours as well here at Winnipeg sports talk. Princess auto is where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new. Is it princess auto pop down and see them in person at one of two Winnipeg locations, Panet road, Portage Avenue West or shop online 24, seven, 365 at princessauto.com. Culligan Waters, another great supporter of Winnipeg Sports Talk that's been with us since the start. And they're celebrating over 65 years in business as a family-owned business, helping Winnipeggers and Manitobans with all of their water needs. Culligan has everything in the latest water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems and drinking water systems, not to mention citywide water delivery services and commercial and industrial water products and solutions. The Culligan man can come and see you, see what the Culligan team has to offer on their website at drinkculligan.com or pop down and see him at 1200 Sergeant Avenue, 6945180 is the number if you want to hit him up on the horn. Um, Canadian Club Whiskey, big, big weekend for whiskey lovers here. The Manitoba Liquor and Lottery Spirits of Distinction Awards coming up later on this week. And with that will be the official release of the Canadian Club 
Canadian Club Chronicles 45-year whiskey, an incredibly limited stock. There are 80 bottles coming to the province. They will be available, I guess, going into the weekend. Keep your eyes out at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts for you whiskey aficionados as there's only 80 bottles of the 45-year Canadian Club Chronicles. And, of course, if you haven't tried CC and Ginger already, it's already made for you. Canadian Club and Ginger Ale now in cans, ready to drink at your local beer store as well as your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. And, uh, hey, it was quite a night last night with the, uh, the Monday Nighter. Definitely a spooky game between the Bears and or the uh, Bengals and the Browns, but the dog pound was rocking, and uh, so was your local Boston Pizza. I know there was a few people that jumped in to join after they finished up trick or treating with the kitties, uh, but everyone talking about the new craveable jalapeno popper dip. Tried that on the weekend, was awesome. New spicy buffalo mac and cheese available as well, and the creamy carbonara pizza all part of BP's new fall menu. And of course, when you're thinking going out to watch the NFL, do it at Boston Pizza. You'll enjoy pizza flights, ice cold beers for five bucks, and you can enter to win the second of two grand prize trips for an NFL weekend, including an NHL game in Vegas for New Year's Eve, Raiders 49ers and and um, <laughs> Golden Knights Blues on, the sun, on New Year's Eve as well. Uh, pop by any... Winnipeg, Morden, Steinbach, Portage, or Boston Pizza location to enter and win and watch NFL football. All right. We've talked a lot of Jets so far today, folks. But the Winnipeg Ice have had an absolutely incredible start to the season. 13-1. and And only one of those wins has come at home as they started with 13 games on the road. But it's back to home, sweet home. The Ice Cave will be rocking tonight. And Saturday, and then coming up, and we'll talk about this with Brian Munns in a minute, the Red Deer Rebels, 13-0 and on the season, playing a visit to Winnipeg next Tuesday and Wednesday. And the Ice also have some great ticket deals that you might want to take advantage of tonight. Two for Tuesdays with two tickets for four bucks, beer, hot dog specials, and more. Let's get to all of it right now with the voice of the Ice, Brian Munns, who joins us from the Ice Cave ahead of tonight's puck drop. Munzee, what's going on? How was the weekend? Great weekend, Huss. Anytime that uh, the Winnipeg Ice can knock off the Brandon Wheat Kings in the Battle of Manitoba for Taylor McCaffrey Lawyers, it's uh, fun for the home team. And uh, Winnipeg was able to finally get back home inside the ice cave. So it was uh, a fun Saturday night. No bus trip after the game. No, yeah, a little bit different for the guys as of late. Um, the game itself was pretty close. I mean, listen, the ice, you know, with the talent that they have, you know, they're going to outshoot their opponents more often than not. But, uh, you know, once again, huge goaltending performance from Daniel Hauser and uh, most importantly, a big two points against uh, in the great rivalry that we have here in the Keystone province. Yeah, it's been fantastic. Uh, you know, we joke about it, but the ice are 3-0 and against the Wheat Kings, but every game's come down to a single goal. And uh, Saturday night's game was probably the the toughest played all the way through. Like, Brandon's got a big team. They they play really hard. And, uh, you know, Winnipeg needed two unanswered goals late in the third period. Connor McClellan, career goal to win it with about four minutes to go. So uh, it ended out right for everybody that was hoping for the ice. And, uh, you know, there's seven more games left to go between these teams. So it's going to be a fun regular season battle for sure. 
you know, I want to talk about some of the forwards and the way the lineup is looking now that, the, you know, the team has some games under its belt. But we may as well start at net. I mentioned Daniel Hauser, WHL goaltender of the month or the week, 2-0. and This guy just continues to put up wins. And that's basically been the case since he set foot here with the ice. It's quite remarkable when you uh, think about it. And I've talked to a lot of guys that have been around this league for a long time. Uh, you know, some guys have been around calling games for close to two decades in this league alone, and nobody can think of a 16, 17, 18-year-old player that's been able to come in and have the mark like he has. You know, Kelly Gard was really good with the Kelowna Rockets back in the early 2000s uh, when they won the Memorial Cup. I think it was in 04, but he was a 19 and a 20-year-old then. But for Daniel Hauser, and I've got the numbers right here, in 58 regular season games he's 51 three and two like it's <laughs> it's amazing to think about i i mean that is an absolutely mind-blowing number um yeah and it speaks to what he's done but also how good this team has been but brian i mean you know we knew that last year the team was going to be solid and i mean i think maybe they even got there faster than others but this was the year that i think we've all been expecting that the ice would be challenging for a WHL championship, potentially a Memorial Cup championship. And things are looking pretty good right now. We had a great chat with Carson Lambos back last uh, last week. Of course, you've got Matt Savoy back as well. I mean, these young men are looking to make the most of their final year of junior. And, uh, man, it's looking good so far. Yeah, you know what? It, it's been a process for the last couple of years, right? When they went into the bubble and kind of the Peyton Krebs year kind of got this whole thing rolling in the right direction where – you know, a lot of these guys were able to watch him as to what he was doing. And, you know, he kind of had that NHL mentality talking to James Patrick uh, all the way through. And guys have just kind of followed his lead. And you look at the three 20-year-olds from a year ago with Cole Muir and Jake and Smallwood and Nolan Orzak and obviously uh, Ben Zalotti, Connor McLennan, Owen Peterson have uh, gone along with uh, Captain Carson Lambos this season. And and they're leading by example. And then you've got those young first-round draft picks, and you've got Zach Benson coming up for the draft this year. That uh, this team does have uh, a lot of special players, but it takes everybody to have success each night. And uh, you know they've been able to do it so far. And they don't get ahead of themselves. That's probably the thing that you know I've appreciated the most with all the different teams that I've been around over the last twenty-some years that, uh, you know, it doesn't really seem like if they win or lose, they're a different group the next day. And and they know it's a long journey to try and get to the end goal that they want to achieve. Brian Munns is the uh, voice of the Winnipeg Ice with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Ice back at home tonight against Everett. We've got some great deals for fans looking to come to the game. We'll fill you in on those in a minute. Munzee, Zach Benson um, has been, you know, really the talk of this draft class along with, uh, you know, the Russian, of course, Connor Bedard. It's incredibly deep. Um, but he's clearly a top five prospect right now and continues to get better. You've seen every game. I mean, uh, where's Zach as opposed to when you saw him go into the summer? Where's his game right now? And uh, how big a part of the ice's early season success is the top prospect for the upcoming draft this summer? Yeah, it's interesting watching these guys when you see them last year and then they do go home for summer and they work out. And, you know, in Zach's case, and I, I say this in all honesty, because, you know, you and I like to golf, right, Huss? So I said to him, I'm like, hey, how's your golf game? And his point blank, I hate golf because it takes him away from the rink. Uh, he's a two-a-day skater sometimes. Like, he'll he'll skate seven, eight times a week. He just loves the game that much. 
where, you know, I tell him maybe you should go and enjoy life a little bit too. But uh, he is so focused on what he's been able to do. And uh, he's come back bigger. He's come back thicker. And uh, you know what? He's just such a special player to watch on the ice that whoever does get a chance to draft him is going to have a, an organizational player moving forward for years to come. So it, uh, it's been neat to be able to watch him develop both on and off the ice. And there is the uh, list of guys like Andrew Crystal in, uh, in Kelowna and obviously you know, Braden Yeager and Moose John, you talk about Connor Bedard and Rajada. Those guys all know each other too. Like they've all grown up together. So it's kind of neat to watch that internal competition between them. Well, and I can say, I mean, you know, it's always cyclical. Sometimes you'll have your top prospects yeah. from a different country. Sometimes in the OHL, the Western Hockey League is the place to be. And that's just going to make it that much better for fans right now when they come out to see the ice after that marathon road trip to begin the season. Um, Benson's playing with Geeky. How's he looked so far? I mean, obviously, another first-round pick, got a chance for NHL camp, and now back looking for maybe some unfinished business from last year. Yeah, I think you can put Geeky and Savoy both in the same class there where they had their first chance to go to an NHL camp, see what it was all about, uh, kind of live the NHL life for a few weeks. Both guys got to play some preseason games and kind of see what that next step is, is going to be like. Obviously, they didn't uh, you know, get in a lot against the big veteran players where the game really changes. But uh, you know, for those guys to be able to go down and ride the charter plane and see what the hotels are all about, uh, that's the dream, right? That's the dream for all these kids. So I think both guys really came back with a lot of confidence came back with some uh, wisdom as well from whether it's Arizona's management for uh, geeky or whether it's the Buffalo guys talking to Matt Savoy. And then those teams have been around a lot too. Like, it's not like they've said, okay, go back play. Uh, we'll see you next year. Like there's been personnel people from both squads. It's the same for Carson Lambos with the Minnesota wild, Matt Hedricks and hmm. Cody McLeod were in Brandon over the weekend that worked for the wild on the development side of things. So these teams have a, a big investment in these players right now. And, uh, you know, the players have taken full advantage of it and they've got off to a really good start. Now, Munzee, I mean, obviously there's always a lot of focus on top draft prospects and Benson and guys that have been picked in the first round, like uh, Savoy and, uh, and Geeky. Uh, we were talking off air. This third line has added uh, another dimension to uh, the ice attack um, with a big 200-foot game. Tell us about the freeze in line with uh, Skyler Bruce and uh, the newcomer, Chillo. Yeah, you know what? They've been a terrific complement. And as much as we've all talked about those 13 consecutive games on the road, you got to remember in those road games, James Patrick never had last line change, right? So the other coaches will be saying, okay, I'm going to take advantage of when either Savoy or Geeky or whoever's in that top six are, are getting a little bit of a break here right now. But Evan Friesen has scored three goals already this year, had a huge shorthanded goal against Gage Alexander in Swift Current early on that road trip. Ladislav Shillow's come in on the left side and has been fantastic from Prince Albert. And, you know, Skylar Bruce is a guy that's been able to jump up and down the lineup a little bit on uh, different shifts. And those three guys are a really good complement that have been able to go up against some of the other teams elite and, you know, there's been no concern whatsoever that something might go awry from them because they've got experience, right? It's all about understanding kind of what you do to be successful. And for those three players, uh, they've kind of grabbed the ball and run with it here right now. And they've definitely been some unsung heroes for this team for sure. You know, and you mentioned NHL camps. I should mention Carson Lambos, the new captain of the ice. We had him on at a great conversation yeah. last week. And Munzee did the same thing with him last year after his first camp with the Minnesota Wild. And 
I'm not sure whether it's the responsibility of being a more veteran player, having the captain, maybe it's going to your second camp and playing as much as he did. But man, from year to year, he seems to have a whole new level of confidence. And with that leadership, and that's, of course, part of the job with having the C on your chest. Yeah, and you know what? I think watching a guy from afar like Caden Gooley last year who started the year in PA that we obviously saw a lot, and then when Edmonton brought him in for their run in winning a Western Hockey League championship, like I think a lot of people would agree that Gooley was the best defenseman in the league overall last year. I think you can say that about Carson Lambos right now because year after year you do get that experience and you understand what you can and you can't do right? Like you look for Lambos now, he's been around for a while and he's gone up to Minnesota, got to play some preseason games with the wild, understands that his game isn't that far away. And he sees what those players do against other elite players. He's an elite defenseman now in this league. So he understands some of those areas that he can maybe jump into and maybe have more confidence that he's had in the past. And then the other side of it as well is, you know, this blue line is continuing to develop right now. They've got Ben Zelotti, who's an older player. They bring in Graham Sward from uh, the Spokane Chiefs, who's a Nashville pick. Those are Winnipeg's top three defensemen, and they're going to get a lot of ice here moving forward to complement some of those young players right now. So there is pressure on Lambos, but he's a guy that can handle it because he's been around players that uh, he's been able to watch, whether they're teammates or opposition, and understand kind of now that he's in this spot, what it takes for him and, and his team to have success. Munzee, um, we had to wait long enough for this great team to get back home. Obviously the season started with a great crowd and a big win on Saturday night, but now we got a hell of a lot more hockey to watch when the ice are back at home and Tuesday nights are going to be fun with some great deals. The ice debuting the two for Tuesdays tonight and every Tuesday at the ice cave and uh, some great deals for fans that they want to come down and take advantage of some Tuesday specials. Yeah, when you take a look at the calendar, there's a lot of Tuesdays uh, inside the Ice Cave at Wayne Fleming Arena this year. I guess first and foremost, you can get two tickets for $24. Like, it's a great deal just starting with that. And then Mac Heisinger and his crew inside the arena have added a lot of uh, perks for people coming through the doors. Uh, two parking passes. Uh, you can get a two-for-one deal in that regard. You can get two hot dogs for $8. You can get two boxes of popcorn uh, for the price of one. And then... Hus, you'll probably want to take advantage of uh, a couple of cold, ice-cold beverages, uh, the brewing kind. Uh, it's only $2, $5 a piece. Uh, so, you know what? It's family. It's fun. It's uh, what the Western Hockey League is all about. And we're looking forward to uh, a ton of people coming out, starting with the game here tonight against Everett. And then, obviously, moving forward next Tuesday, Red Deer's in town. And uh, WinnipegIce.ca is where the schedule is for all the big games. Yeah, folks, you can check all that out. But yeah, two tickets for 24 bucks, two for one parking passes if you need one, two hot dogs for eight bucks, two for one popcorn, and yes, two beers for 10 bucks. Those are some great deals happening at the Ice Cave. And every Tuesday, those deals will be on. You can check the website for more. But Munzee, as much as we're looking forward to this game tonight and the debut of Two for Tuesdays, Next Tuesday and Wednesday are going to be must-see games over at the Ice Cave. I mean, it's crazy. You can go into the WHL standings and see the ice at 13-1 and and not in first place. And that's because the Red Deer Rebels are 13-0 and on the season. Uh, is the anticipation already building? I know the guys got to worry about tonight and Saturday, but I'm sure people around the division, around the league, have been circling those dates for a while to see what happens when the top two teams get uh, go head-to-head. 
Yeah, I think it's fair to say it's circled. Uh, you always have those benchmark games. It was kind of Edmonton last year, right? Uh, going into Kamloops this year was a big game because they've got the Memorial Cup, obviously, as uh, the host team. But there's no doubt, uh, Red Deer's off to the best start in franchise history they've ever had. And that's hard to believe when you think of the success that team has had over the last couple of decades under Brent Sutter. So uh, they're good. You know, you know, much like Winnipeg, you kind of see the continual elevation of a hockey club and uh, they were building for this year too. So top team in the East division, top team in the central back to back next Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, you've got Brandon coming in on the weekend. And then after that, you've got Connor Bedard and the Pats for a pair of games too, as a part of this 10 game homestand. So there's some exciting hockey coming up this month for sure. Did you and the guys just walk straight to the bus after the game on Saturday, just assuming you'd be on the road again somewhere? Or was it nice to actually get to your car and not have to drive? Yeah, it was, uh, it's nice to be home. You know, the road was fun. It was great for me. I hadn't been out to a lot of those cities since back in 04 when I was calling games in PA and I uh, never thought I'd get back up to Prince George, but it was 25 degrees. We were there for a couple of days. It was fantastic. Wow. Uh, I had a couple of days on the island, obviously in Victoria where I started my career. I uh, spent one year out there, so it was neat to kind of get back out to some island life for a little bit. And then Obviously, with uh, the way the trip wrapped up into Vancouver, Kamloops, and Kelowna, you've got uh, three special franchises there in the league that always make it exciting. And great buildings, you know, a lot of atmosphere. We were there on the weekend in Kamloops and Kelowna, and Kamloops was pretty much sold out. There was 5,000 people. Kelowna was right around four. So uh, everybody had a lot of fun, but uh, it's good to be back. There's no doubt. How's, uh, how's Jeep doing? Um, you know, James Patrick's done such a great job coaching this team. Um, you know, I imagine there were some real challenges with the schedule and starting on the road the way that they have been. And, uh, you know, now just keeping the guys in and focused on uh, the day-to-day -day grind to get them where they want to do, because it is a long season and man, they've had a lot of success so far. Yeah. You know what? I think uh, it's been an exciting year, right? Because you know what lies ahead and you had a successful year last year. And I think the biggest thing with his experience and bringing Terrence uh, McEwen into the fold here too with Josh Green moving on is it's a process, right? Like they're not just concerned about one day or one game. If if things go right or if things go sideways, they've only had one sideways game against Moose Jaw. But, uh, you know, overall right now, you know, it's the day-by-day -day process. So things have gone well. Uh, we've got a long way to go, but they can't take – anybody really can't take those points out of the bank that are there right now. So – it's been good. They're looking forward to uh, Olin Zellweger and the Silver Tips here tonight, who was the top defenseman in the league a year ago. And I know uh, there's a lot of Manitoba kids on this Everett team tonight, much like there is for the Tri-Cities game coming up on Saturday, too. So it'll be a fun atmosphere inside the ice cave. Looking forward to it. So the two for Tuesdays promo gets going tonight against Everett. The team is going to host Tri-Cities on Saturday and then next Tuesday, it is that game between 13-0 Red Deer as of now and the 13-1 Winnipeg Ice. And they'll play again on Wednesday. Munzee, good luck to the gang tonight. Look forward to hearing you and KO do your thing on the radio and, of course, at winnipegice.ca. And again, folks, check out all of the two for Tuesday's deals for every Tuesday at the Ice Cave. Two tickets for 24 bucks, hot dog, popcorn, beer specials, and more. Munzee, thanks for doing this, my friend. We'll uh, catch up soon. Have a great call tonight. All right, great stuff from Brian Munns. Again, tonight, 7 o'clock, Ice Cave. It's the Ice and Everett Silver Tips. Great deals now. Two for Tuesdays in effect. And I just noticed in the inbox, Munns actually fired me over 
a four pack of tickets for tonight's game. Um, you know, just with it being with Remo being away, I think the best way is if you want to go to the game tonight, send me a DM on Twitter at Hustlerama in the next for those of you that are with us right now. And at the end of the show, I will go through if there's a bunch of them, I'll do a little draw. Um, include your email as well so I can forward you the link for the tickets. So uh, at Hustlerama on Twitter, if you want to go to the ice game, I'll fire out the tickets to a winner shortly after today's show. I'm going to give a big thank you to our friends at the Nick and Nikki DQ group for their great support. And I got to tell you, it's hard to believe that this is the first November in Winnipeg, but when you consider how bad the spring was, we deserve it. But still, I know there's a lot of Halloween candy around, but there's nothing like a trip to the Nick and Nikki DQ for a delicious blizzard. One of their stack burgers, chicken fingers, and more. All the good stuff is at the Nick and Nikki DQs. And there's four of them. DQ Northgate, DQ Niverville, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. And of course, folks, if you need a cake, a DQ ice cream cake for an upcoming event, hit them up on Instagram if you'd like at DQ Manitoba. They will custom make your order and get it ready for you to pick up quick and easy at any of the four Nick and Nicky DQs. And uh, enjoyed a couple 1919s last night while uh, finishing up Halloween festivities and watching the Browns and Bengals on Monday Night Football. Of course, when for beer drinkers here in Manitoba that want the best of what we have to offer locally, they think Little Brown Jug. And best way to enjoy Little Brown Jug is to pop down in person at the brewery and taproom on William Avenue and try them all for yourself where they are made. Uh, of course, you can take out all of your favorite Little Brown Jug beers. Check out their great merchandise line as well. And that is always available as well for citywide delivery online at littlebrownjug.com. 1919, their flagship brand, available at fine bars and restaurants throughout the city. Make sure to try one if you haven't already. And you can also pick up all the great taste of Little Brown Jug at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. All right, let's get to our Kubat lines for tonight and see what's going on in the National Hockey League. Well, I guess before we do that, we don't have anything to report from the World Series because the series was rained out last night. That actually seems like it's a bit of a boost for the Phillies who've been able to move up their rotation one. Tonight, though, line in the game, Houston minus 122, Phillies plus 108, and the series price now is back to Houston being a big favorite, minus 169. They were plus 105 after losing game number one, but came back with that big win at home. They are still a prohibitive favorite, despite now losing home field advantage. As far as the National Hockey League goes, we got a busy night tonight in the NHL. It started off Philadelphia at the New York Rangers, Carter Hart and Igor Shosturkin. And no surprise, the Rangers are a big home favorite, despite how well Carter Hart's played and the results the Philly has had early on in this season. Rangers minus 263. Ottawa in Tampa to take on the Lightning. Ottawa's had a pretty nice start. In tough tonight, though, they're plus 158 road dogs. Lightning minus 189 at home. I know how good Vegas has been, 8-2 and two on the season, top of the Western Conference. They're on the road starting a trip in D.C. to take on the Caps. Vegas minus 169 favorites on the road. Capitals a home dog at plus 143. Montreal in Minnesota to take on the Wild. Wouldn't that be nice if the Habs could maybe get a win at the uh, expense of one of the Jets division rivals? Habs plus 195 on the road. Wild a big favorite at minus 238. Pittsburgh and Boston 
Boston's had that amazing start. They're a slight, slight, well, I guess a slight underdog going up against Pittsburgh. Pickford's Pittsburgh, Pitt minus 112, Boston minus 104. Very close to a pick em. Islanders a big favorite. Sorokin starting on the road against the Chicago Blackhawks. Islanders minus 196. This is a real interesting game. Sounds like it's going to be Cal Peterson and Scott Wedgwood in. Kings at the Dallas Stars. Kings coming off that nice win last night in St. Louis. Dallas now playing for the next little while without their best goalie, Jake Ottinger. So it'll be on Scott Wedgwood. I still like Dallas in this game. They're minus 135 favorites. Kraken and Flames later on. Flames a big minus 227 favorite. And the Edmonton Oilers hosting the struggling Nashville Predators as well. Minus 152 for Edmonton, plus 128 for the Preds. And the Panthers, Paul Maurice's Panthers in Arizona to take on the Coyotes. Panthers minus 303 road favorites. Holy smokes, we've got a lot of West Coast games today. Devils at Canucks. Devils minus 118 favorites on the road. I think I sort of like Vancouver to keep things rolling at home. Plus 101, just about even money. Well, the Devils have had a nice start. And one final game, Battle of California, Anaheim Ducks, San Jose Sharks. Someone's got to win this one. Sharks, a rare favorite. Haven't been favored too many times. Minus 132, struggling Ducks, plus 112. So there are all your NHL games tonight. Not sure if Remus has set up a DraftKings contest for tonight, but there'll be spent plenty going on. And let's quickly, before we finish up, hit these lines for the Canadian Football League playoffs. Coming up this weekend, Sunday, first up, it's the Ticats and the Montreal Alouettes. Montreal, a three-point home favorite against the Ticats. And Calgary and BC, same number, BC minus three, although at plus 101, Calgary plus three, Minus 122. Folks, if you haven't bet at Cool Bet before, use the promo code WST on your first deposit. We'll double it, give you a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks on your first deposit over at Cool Bet. And be sure to follow Cool Bet Canada on Instagram and on Twitter. Myself and Dustin Nielsen from the Lock Shop doing daily picks right now. The latest one will be out a little later on, heading into tonight's NHL action. Well, we uh, managed to get to the end of the show. Got to give a big shout out to our guy, Jay Remo, as you're referring to him in the chat right now for doing a great job getting on. And yes, we will bring Jeremy on, much like we did with Alex. You guys are going to need to hit that thumbs up button and make sure you subscribe to the channel. And maybe a little later on this week, we'll get some insight from the eastern side of the country and the eastern conference, especially as the Habs come in. You know, he's in Ottawa, Habs guy, but also knows a lot about the Sens. So we'll have some fun hockey chats with Jay, Jay Remo on the program as things go on. But I guess to finish up the show, once again, congratulations to our guy Remo. We'll look forward to having him back in the near future. But for the meantime, home with the family on a really special day for the Remuses. Uh, thanks so much to Jamie Thomas, to Brian Munns and Mike McIntyre for being with us today. Shout out to everybody in the chat. If you haven't already, make sure you hit that red subscribe button on the way out. And for you lock shoppers, Dusty and I are going to get into the lock shop with the fantasy football extravaganza coming up in about an hour. You can look for that live on Twitter and keep an eye out for a big lock shop contest dropping next week as we expand the lock shop and launch the lock shop YouTube channel. Uh, we're going to have a big sweepstakes for uh next week so looking forward to that keep an eye on it and a big big announcement for winnipeg sports talk maybe the biggest one ever 
coming up later on this week. That's called the tease, folks. Don't miss us tomorrow, 1 p.m. live here. Thanks again to all the sponsors, everyone with us on YouTube, and all of you podcast listeners making us a part of your day. Tell a friend about WST, and make sure to join us tomorrow. One more day of practice for the Winnipeg Jets, and then it's a game day with the Habs in town on Monday night. Have a great night, everyone. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you tomorrow on WST. Oh, my God. Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.